Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. And I wanted to take a minute before we get into our guest and just remind the listeners why we do this podcast. So this mantra that we have, Christ, culture, and community, the second two don't matter and don't exist without the first emphasis on Christ. So our goal here is to somehow enrich the relationships of our readers with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, as he is the most central and most important good news the world has ever gotten. So you should first be sitting under a pastor who is pouring into you, um, going to Bible studies, having good fellowship, and then if there's extra time, listening to Encounter Podcast. So that is the order that we do, and that's why we have so much to pour out each week because we're constantly getting poured into. So on this episode, we have Charlie Boehner, who is the Dean of Men, which is a disciplinarian role at Pilgrim Christian Private School. And he is one of our most requested guests of all time um, because a lot of students wanted to hear his testimony on air. And so he's known for a few things. One, for his authentic relationship with Christ. Uh, Two, for his role as a disciplinarian at the high school. And three, for his incredible dance moves on the dance floor. So we delve into all three of those things tonight. So please stay tuned. Right, so tonight we are sitting down with Charlie Boehner, and we're excited to dig into a little bit about his testimony. And then I have a ton of questions because we have a lot of similarities that I'm, you know, excited to kind of harp on in the educational realm. Awesome. Uh, so, I, would you mind situating yourself with the listeners, like with your testimony, just a couple minutes on how you came to know Christ? And yeah, so um, I was raised in a Christian family. My father, I saw a change in my dad's life, um, what Christ did to him, and he uh, was led to the ministry um, as a pastor. And growing up, I I prayed a prayer at five, grew up in a Christian family, made a lot of bad choices, hung out with the wrong people, um, ended up getting... uh, they didn't call it kicked out of school. They called it asked to leave. <laughs> so that was a nice way of saying it. And um, it's actually the same school that I'm in now, which nice. is pretty wild. Um, but but it's ultimately comes back to God's grace. So I was in the world, um, living in the world, but I was also of the world. So that was the verse that really brought me to Christ, that I knew the truth. I rejected the truth. I, d- I chose a path that brought destruction. And when I went to Liberty University, when I was a freshman in college, I remember hearing the gospel again, and it was like the light finally went on. Mm-hmm. It was amazing because you, you can hear the gospel your whole life, and then that moment, Christ drew me, and I was broken. And I, I remember turning to my friend John, I said, John, I'm done playing a game. And he's like, no, man, you're saved. I said, I'm going forward. So I, that day, I know that I had the surety of salvation that I professed and I confessed and I was, that became so real to me. And I knew that was the moment because I, I saw a change. It was like a radical change in me where, where I was living in sin. And when I accepted Christ, sin became like devastating to me. Right. It, it, it made me realize like, this is what Christ went to the cross for. Mm-hmm. And it was so awesome. It was amazing grace. So anyway, so that's how I ended up back. So God led me to the ministry. There's more to it. You know, my father um, was in the ministry as a pastor real quick, um, ended up leaving the church, uh, had an affair, 
with my with uh, with another woman, and um, God's grace is real in my dad's life too. I love him, and I pray for him, and I see God working. But um, now I'm in the ministry, and it God has used my trials in more ways than I could ever comprehend. Mm. It's, it's really an awesome thing. So first day at school, I walk in, and and my boss at the time was Mr. Peterson. He passed away. And I remember him sitting in front of the faculty saying, Charlie Boehner is going to teach. And the teachers, I had some of them, and they were <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So I get up there, and I'm like, this is God's grace. This is all about God's grace. And I shared my testimony with them and had to make a lot of apologies to them because mm-hmm. I gave them some problems. But ultimately it is. It's the grace of God. And now I'm in charge of discipline. How about that? <laughs> Full <laughs> circle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, so for... Uh, well, first of all, one cool thing that I noticed, uh, all three of us are reading a book called Gospel Fluency right now that Joe... Yeah. The, uh, who re- who wrote are it? you reading it right now? Yeah. I'm oh, oh that's right. Yeah, you Chapter. got it digitally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah don't kind of send it cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know on. if you remember you can read. bought it. Yeah. Yeah. I can read. Yeah. Okay. And, I just don't um, talk. The one part that stood out to me that I, was, I text Joe about and I read it was that when people share their testimonies, they should share about the before, the, the, the during, and the after for mm-hmm. how Christ affected them mm-hmm. and mention Christ in all three. So like normally you hear people like talk about their pre-Christ days and yeah it's like 45 like, minutes of just talking about their like sin glorify like glorifying the sin, the sin almost yeah. you know oh, yeah. and because they talk so much about it yeah I'm not proud of that yeah but, but like mm. you mentioned Jesus twice in the yeah. pre-Jesus section how he was calling you and, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know and then it just it was cool to hear it just flushed out the day after I read the book so that's the shortest and most Jesus-centered testimony yeah. I've heard yet yeah. so that's good I wanna, yeah, you gave me two minutes and I'm bad with time so if somebody gives me two minutes I'm usually like 15 so yeah. oh I said no, five you were right under yeah, 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 the, one of our um, our guests we gave him five and he went for an hour and 40 for a session so <laughs> yeah, yeah we were, no I mean it's yeah. like God's grace is so amazing. Like, that's really what I live by mm-hmm. every day. Every day I get to school, I, I man, it's, it's just really like that's how I knew even then and now that this is so real to me. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, you know, you guys know the older we get in our faith, the more real he becomes, like yeah. real relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, like he is like my I talk to him constantly, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the day about whatever I want to talk to him. He's there for me. He talks to me through his word. And he's just just amazing grace. Mm-hmm. And it really, it, it just, you know, it, I don't bring up the sin per se, but as I sit there and see these kids, it it brings me back to where I was, and there's so much hope for them. Mm. And look, they're, they're majority of them are great kids. You know, yeah, I don't, yeah. I hardly have any yeah. bad bad kids. But can you name the ones that aren't that great? <laughs> yeah, <just kidding. laughs> I could. But <laughs> we have to cut that part. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like God has me in this seat. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that lightly. Like that's a huge deal. Yeah. That I can't. I can't even believe it. Like even when I talk to you guys about it, it's like, are you kidding me, Lord? Like yeah. I, I am not worthy of this. Mm-hmm. And but I'm I'm telling the kids that too. Like they know my heart. Like I am not. I'm nobody. Mm-hmm. Only because of what Christ did for me. I can't even believe it. I'm, it blows me away that He uses me for 21 years. He's used me wow. in this school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Not always easy, mm-hmm. but. God's grace is just so awesome. And we feel the same way about this podcast, so it's not you, not yeah. just you. When we first started, I remember we were talking about, um, you know, how many people do you think would tune in if we started it? Mm-hmm. And Joe was like, I don't know anybody. Like, yeah, you're like small, who, would, who would care what I have to yeah. say? You right, know? right. And right. Now, now we're, you know, a year and a half in, and there's the same, like, number that was way larger than we originally anticipated. Yeah. And um, 
it's the same humbling experience each time. Like, yeah, you know. That God could use us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, any listeners or anybody, really, man, God could use anybody. Mm-hmm. A willing heart, right? Mm-hmm. I was reading, um, oh, Isaiah, where he was like, once he saw God, the, he was in his presence. It was like, there you see a change, mm-hmm. right? We're like Paul. Right. You know, he literally, he was dead in his trespasses. He's walking on his way to hell. Yeah. And he quickened him and made him alive. Mm. And that's like, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm 44 and I feel like I, I, I got a lot of life, man. I got a lot of energy. But I really, it's because of what he's done for me. Like, that's what I'm living by. And look, I'm, I'm a crazy dude, you know, like people that know me, they, they know I'm a little crazy or whatever. And I still live in God's grace every day, mm-hmm. right? We still need his grace, but I'm a changed man. He quickened me and really he Amen. made me alive. To be used by him in abundant life, but right. it don't get any better than that, right? Amen. So yeah, even even looking at because you mentioned Isaiah, the passage that sticks out the most, other than the prophecies, are like how the, the seraphim has the, yeah. the six wings and two guarded feet, two to fly, and it's like that that perfect angelic order still doesn't feel qualified to right. be in front of the Almighty yeah. Holy mm-hmm. God, you know, and four for hiding themselves and two for serving, two, yeah. yeah. And so, how much more when we get the chance to serve Him today? You know, standing before God, should we feel? And I feel like that's lost often in in, in the Christian walk is that reverence right. of God. You know, because we're yeah, so fear the Lord. Yeah. yeah, fear the Lord, but we're so comfortable. Like, yeah. and that's is a bad thing, but comfortable. Like we're sitting here drinking coffee in a mm-hmm. somewhat cold studio trying, right. trying to do the podcast. It's pretty comfortable um, mm-hmm. generally. But do we feel the reverence of the, the words we're saying and, and talking about Scripture? You know. Mm. I think part of that is because we've never we've never seen in our generation like a day of the Lord, like a a, a day of judgment, like an exile to Babylon or an exile to like where things say people come in and take over because of your generation's sins. We haven't seen a Jericho stuff like that. Yeah, yeah Jer- like so it's it's hard for us to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're in dispensation but, of grace. Yeah, so right, so it's like people can take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned Hebrew. So I, one of the things that I wanted to. Um, talk to you about a little bit tonight, which is just like your ideas on biblical discipline. So your, mm-hmm. you said your role, is it administrator role or is it just like someone in charge of discipline? It's an administrative role. Okay. Um, so a good friend of mine, um, he's a principal and in a public school, but he came and give a, gave a presentation. And really this is kind of what I live by, but I'm not you know, I feel like sometimes I feel like Peter and John in, in uh, the book of Acts where the Pharisees saw them and they're unlearned and educated. Yeah. I feel like that. Like I'm an unlearned and educated man. I'm not theological. I, and I tell my students this too. I just love Jesus. You know, like I want to learn more, but I just love Jesus. And I want the kids. So in, in that discipline structure, the first thing, and I really believe for with all my heart the reason I'm there for one is primarily it's Jesus what he's done for me in my life to have me in a ministry with kids to put me in that position that blows me away mm-hmm. so you know I want the kids the foundation of discipline and I, and for us that have kids it's love right so it, even at home you know I'm going to discipline my children if you have children you're going to discipline your children and if they understand that you love them they understand there's a purpose behind that love. So the the number one foundation for me has been I want to build relationships with these kids. I don't want them to see, hey, Mr. Boehner's the guy that's just going to, you know, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. It's not about really being in trouble. And then the second part is uh, laying out a, a clear um, 
order of what your expectations are. So I want to love them. They know what their expectations are. And if they, you know, break the expectations, then there's consequences. But ultimately, when they get the consequences, they know it's because I love them. Right. So same same as a father. I want to love my children. They know what the order of, um, you know, what what expectations are. And then if they break it, they're going to be disciplined for it. But then when they're disciplined, they're like, hey, dad, you know what? You did it because you love me. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. he chastens those he loves. Mm-hmm. So I know and, and God has disciplined me. Right. He's disciplined all of us. But I know that he's disciplined me because he loved me. And when I was asked to leave the school, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And God used that in my life so well. I mean, I I believe that was a huge uh, part of where I am today is because it was tough love sometimes. That's what it takes. But it ultimately came back to love. And that's kind of what my main focus is on loving these kids. I really want them to see Christ in me. And speaking of Peter and John, right in Acts, it says that they would know that they these Pharisees knew that they'd been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want the kids to see that I've been with Jesus because mm. I've been with Jesus. He's he is the he's my life, and he's changed my life, and I want them to have that. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I admire about um, what you do, and, and uh, Pastor Parisi, and, mo- and pretty much every guest we've had, um, minus a couple, is that when it takes an extra step of courage to continue to serve in the place where you lived before you knew Christ. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To, to be held oh, accountable, uh, to generally yeah. be held accountable, whether you should mm-hmm. be or not to your past actions yeah. and then show Christ in that, mm-hmm. you know? So the same people that saw and, and, and saw the changed Paul that was quickened, right? right? That, and they, they knew of his past yeah. and they were like, this is the same Paul. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and he had to, f- it took him a while. Cons- At yeah. first they were like, I don't know about this. Like, like yeah. you trust in this guy. It yeah. took him a while. And, and you know, you have to, f- uh, you're still going to make mistakes and ask for grace. Like you said, you still live in grace, but it takes it a little bit extra something, something to get through that when you're not just moving to a new place and just yeah. plant church planting or whatever right. it would be. Um, you're, you're fighting your old demons, you know? And, and so, so Joe, I, I think I said that to you, Joe, before we started, like going on that, like I'm fighting my old demons. It's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. Like com- I, I, there's days where I literally feel that and I have to, bring my thoughts captive. Like I, I, like I was in that school and there's things that I know the enemy is trying to just boom, mm-hmm. put it in, back in my head. Look what you did. Look what you did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lord, put it behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, bring my thoughts captive, the obedience of Jesus. Yeah. And now Lord, I get to u- be used by you. And that, that happens not, not often, but it happens. And so you just feel that spiritual um, warfare in the ministry. It's, it's part of it, but um, you know, I just want to remain faithful. You know, the, what he's called us, you know, all of us to be. I, I think what you're explaining is, I don't know, personally, I feel like that was the, one of the thorns in Paul's flesh that you can never get rid of was yeah. the, was that fighting his old demons of who he used to be, like yeah. kill, like killing yeah. people that would name Jesus. Right. That like, uh, I don't know if you want to call it like PTSD or the trauma of it, but just like, mm. that's why he constantly had to preach, you know. Grace. Grace, yeah, constantly, because he's preaching to himself like that. Yeah. It's like, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace. Um, yeah, we saw that in the, the movie. The, the that's Apostle how they Paul. depicted it. Yeah, which is maybe where, maybe that's where I'm getting it from. But it seems right when you're reading too. Like I like I don't know. That's just yeah. yeah. He was the chief sinner, right? Yeah, he, he, he said sinners, that. Right. He, he said that. that. Right. So, but he was forgetting what was behind, pressing mm-hmm. toward a mark. Right. But man, the flesh the flesh gets in the way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Your mind is just powerful, mm-hmm. and the enemy is powerful. And I've seen you guys have seen in the ministry people 
lives destroyed from it. Mm-hmm. And I, we have to put our guard up, you know, constantly pray for our pastors mm-hmm. um, continually, not just our pastors, but the pastors that are preaching the word and staying faithful yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I was going to ask, and I don't know if this is too personal to ask, but um, you shared about your dad and like what yeah. he went through with his ministry. Um, do you have any safeguards that you put up in your marriage, in your ministry, to make yeah. sure something similar doesn't occur? Yeah, know? there's nothing too personal, um, for one. And, yeah, I, I do. So <clears throat> that happened two years prior to my marriage. Um, so it was kind of like I got married, and it, my my parents were like the rock. You know, mm-hmm. my dad was the greatest man I've ever known. Mm-hmm. My dad was the one that was always in his word. Um, so a couple of things, one, don't ever say it won't happen to you, mm-hmm. you know, like, but by the grace of God, there yeah. go I, yeah. right. If any man thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's, there's things, um, certainly I have to make sure that I'm putting a guard up. It could happen at any moment. Um, Satan attacks when we're weakest yep. at our most vulnerable spot. Right. So, um, and then my wife's my best friend. So I tell my wife everything. And like, literally, like if I see something on my phone pop up, I remember one time I was, I was upstairs with my wife and I saw something kind of, it wasn't appropriate pop up. I'm like, I panicked. I'm like, I threw my phone at my wife. I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with this. Figure it out. <laughs> you Shut know, it off. Get it out of here. Cause I don't want. Flush it down the toilet. And she's yeah, like, exactly. my phone. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like nothing's done in secret. Like mm-hmm. I, my best friend is my wife mm-hmm. and my wife's a huge part in my life, obviously. Uh, but where I am with Christ, she's, she is the, she is the most key part to me coming to Jesus but like our friendship, but ultimately, man, it's like, I, I, I kind of have a fear of it really like knowing the greatest man I've ever known and mm-hmm. seeing that could happen. And it's, it's, it's brought me to my knees for all my pastors too, mm-hmm. you know, cause I don't want to see their families destroyed. You know, that's, that's yeah. a, you know, nobody want my, my father didn't ask for that. My father wasn't mm-hmm. wanting that. Nobody wants that, but there's just this one trip up or when you're, you know, sometimes you get too busy and you lose focus of the mm-hmm. cross. And mm-hmm. I think we get caught up into the busyness of life that we take our eyes off of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a daily thing. And, and speaking of Paul, he seems to be the man this tonight, but he's my favorite. Yeah, same. Um, but he daily died to himself every single day, daily dying himself. So you know, I, I just really want to focus. I don't want to mess up my testimony. That's that's super important. What what Jesus has done for me, I can't mess that up. So you know, a lot of prayer, a lot of focus, just staying focused on the cross and you, having a good friend like my wife. And one friend. one thing, I, yeah, it's all great advice, especially mm-hmm. the being open and vulnerable yeah. and um, setting up the safeguards for that. But I, I one thing I think, and where I. This is just a guess because I haven't really had anybody, um, any like pastor I served under, you know, uh, that happened to. Mm-hmm. But from when I've heard about it, it usually isn't something that's in the moment. It's usually gradual and yeah. it's usually when you let down your safeguard. And it's not usually a physical attraction at first that right. causes it. It's, mm-hmm. And that what I mean by that is the safeguard that a lot of, I think people, pastors and Christian leaders don't put up is not being spiritually connected to someone else. And so right. like a safeguard that I'm, I've always been very aware of and right. gone out of my way, sometimes extra um, to make sure it's there, but not counseling someone on yeah. spiritual matters in a deep way of the opposite sex. For sure. And I think that's a really important and often discarded 
safeguard mm-hmm. that yep. I think usually leads. It might not every time, you know, but the one time it does, it'll ruin it, like your testimony. Mm-hmm. And even the, the per- you know, the perception of it, you know, just what it looks like. People yeah. Above reproach. It. Yeah. Above reproach. Just not giving anyone reason to think anything, mm-hmm. you know, not being alone with a girl, period, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Driving. Because that, that happens, not a lot, but it could happen a lot for me in my position with athletics mm-hmm. and things like that. The bus breaks down, whatever. I got to take a girl over here. I just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, an, that's another great point. You know, you just set up. You don't want to set up failure for yourself, yeah. right? So that's a good point. Yeah, especially in like the educational setting, it's yeah. I have like a female teacher that I know well that I will message when I when you know someone comes in crying or something like a kid. I'm yeah. like, hey, can you swing down real quick? And then she comes by and acts like she's doing something else. Right. And then she sits down and then I leave. You know? Yeah. Simple things like that where I have like a plan in place. Yeah. She's a believer, so it works out. You know? Yeah, they might think you're. a a nut, you know, like, what, okay. what do you think I want? But that's, that's not what you're worried about. Right. You're yeah. worried about, yeah. you're worried yeah. about your relationship right. with Jesus first yeah. and, and people can think what they want to think, but especially nowadays where like people can twist anything and oh, like yeah. social yeah, I mean, media and everything. Yeah. It's like, no, and especially uh, that this, I don't even know if Mike Pence is like a solid believer or not, but I know he got ridiculed for not going out to eat right. with a woman alone. Yeah. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Um, especially being the vice president and being yeah. in public and like all that. There's so many reasons yeah. why he has to be above that yep. approach, you know. So, yeah, I, I think that's the safeguard that I've seen let go the most. And I, the, our church has done a nice job at like, if you get into leadership, or they do tell you that right away. Like, don't do this, this, and this. This right. is going to cause some problems. Um, a few years ago, I was at um, a, a Calvary pastors retreat, and I, I wasn't. I was just invited as a guest, and one of the pastors had recently had an affair um, mm-hmm. and he was like one of the founders of the the denomination I guess whatever Calvary yeah. would be and to see there was I think just 600 pastors were there like men that led in the church and to see them like the Joe Foch you know he's like yeah. a big right. was up there crying like everybody mm-hmm. that was speaking throughout the whole men's retreat was crying because of this one man and his slip up and they're just mm-hmm. they, they the one guy in there inviting his wife and they just like we're like, guard, 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 because this is going to affect thousands of people. Yeah. This is going to um, – and so it just that it, that feeling that, like, mourning of a death of a marriage in front of that many people, it was like that pain was so visceral, mm. you know, mm. um, seeing how much – I don't know. So th- that yeah. it was – the things they said that day, like, stuck with me to the point where it's – even if I get laughed at by fellow believers, right. I'm not going anywhere near mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. one of the small safeguards. Yeah, I'll wrong, lose friends over it. I don't way. care. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things I think uh, while we're on this topic is, in the you're in the ministry. You're on a. Are you on staff at Calvary? Yeah, yeah. We all. I don't know if a, a staff. But like I lead the, I mean, well, the, the worship young adult Bible study, yeah, okay. and I play on the worship team. Yeah. and they have their own ministry. So you're involved in the ministry, but mm-hmm. one of the things for me, I have to make sure I don't get too busy for my family. Mm. That is like. Cole and I were just talking about this. Yeah, you're going back to my dad. Like, my dad was, he he was awesome. But you could see him so focused on the ministry. And that's easy to do. You know, I could go home 3.30, 4 o'clock, I'm leaving. And then I get a parent phone call. And what the parent doesn't understand is I'm talking to another parent at 8 o'clock. And then another parent. So there's times where I just got to put my phone down. And I'm not too good at that. But my wife reminds me, like, Mm. we're, we're checking out of 
what, and then I have my own business. So I'm constantly running and I'm coaching and, you know, I have to prioritize Mm -hmm. and, and I need to prioritize with my wife. You know, she should be before my children, before my ministry. And sometimes there's times where I don't do that so that we have to, as men, we need to make sure we're, we're putting our wife before our ministry. And no, what's cool about that is that in itself is a testimony to Christ because yeah. we like we are the bride of Christ, yes. right? Yeah. As the church and he prioritizes yeah. us and he builds us up and he puts us first, you know? Yeah. And and just by doing that and taking the time to put other things aside and, you know, keep her pure. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way, you know, Christ did that for yeah. us. So that's that's what I tell the kids because when Junior Guys Bible, we talk about relationships and marriage. That's the beauty of marriage is it represents the gospel, mm-hmm. which is awesome to think. You know, we, we are she, we're the bride of Christ, and we have a bride, and to love her like Christ loves the church, which is seems impossible, it's right? Pretty big shoes. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. tough, right? <laughs> pretty big sandals. So, but the gospel, the beauty of the gospel is is that in marriage. So, mm. yeah. And so all the safeguards and like fighting, like all that comes down to that same analogy, mm-hmm. you know, setting up safeguards so that they can be loved and protected and feel safe. And, you know, in the same way, mm-hmm. you know, Christ does right. for the church, fights for us. And So what exact, what is your position at the school? Well, Custod- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, what the I'm title athletic is. director. Okay. Okay. I am the Dean of Men. That's my title, which I that hate. That sounds so cool. I don't like it. You don't at all. like it? No. That sounds like you're I the, hate the like Dean Duke of Men. Yeah. It's like terrible. <laughs> Earl. That makes me, that, you know, it makes it sound like I'm somebody important. So I just want to be like, you know, the athletic director. Okay. That's maybe in charge of discipline too. Um, I, I teach phys ed. I taught health last year. Um, I teach health once in a while. I, I am an assistant coach now. I'm no longer the head coach. Let me test. Should I do drugs? No. All right. Oh, See, he's qualified. Good. Don't, do, don't do drugs. Don't do um, drugs. All right. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Cole, you either. Yeah. <laughs> Cole's over there. Yeah. yeah. Cole's well, over doing there. caffeine right now. <laughs> I mean, he's just looking like if one of these guys is going to fall. <laughs> yeah. Is caffeine a drug? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't do yes. drugs. No. <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> Have you ever? I've gone through withdrawal from caffeine before. Yeah, so. exactly. It's rough. I'm going by. Yeah, yeah. And it's we're all. Good. Yeah, we need it to function. Yeah. I, 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 so it's <laughs> it's got to be. Do you have any other easy questions like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we have premarital sex? Uh, never. No, don't, know. don't do that. Okay. We're on the other way. All right, Cole. <laughs> what? Uh, 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 since uh, we're okay, okay. at somebody. All, all directed at me. I understand. Got yeah. it. Are you yeah. the only non-married? No, I'm you're really not married. Well, you're I, married. You're married with a kid. Yeah, I'm married. Yeah, with a kid. She just came home. I heard her walk. And how old? Your she's wife two just a, came home? You have a daughter? Yeah, my wife came home with my daughter. Um, daughter. She's two and a half. She's two and a half. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. So. I'm the old goat here then. No, no. No, I'm old. I mean, old. I mean, I'm older than all you guys. Yeah, you oh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, the I'm the senior old member guy. of this group I'm, I'm of the four. Old, yeah. 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 <laughs> you're, you're the dean of men here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dean. I, I, I wasn't the dean until I was like 30. 30. Okay. Wow. Already Anyone over 30? Yeah. I just turned 30. Oh, yeah. You could be a dean of men then. Can I, can you, can I'm you, 32, like, I miss my dean. Can you, like, crown me tonight <laughs> no, or whatever? Can you knight me? Yeah. <laughs> You're two years past yeah. the deanship. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. No, it's, it's, I don't feel old, but then I watch, like, the Olympics, and, like, there are these people that are getting medals that are 12. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm so old, far man. past yeah, my yeah, peak. Yeah. And, like, messy. What, was, did you think there was hopes for an Olympic? I'm, like, It's like, darn it. No, but, like, I still feel like I'm in that age bracket. And then you look at, like, Messi was 16 when he played for. Well, yeah, you're looking at, like, freaks of nature. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but nobody was like Olympics, nobody's like 25 and be like, "Oh, I'm going I'm going yeah. pro now," you know. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a fact, yeah. Yeah. It either happens or Man, I'm not saying it was logical. I'm just saying oh, I okay. came to the realization late. Yeah. But but so, Dina Men has no age though. That's the beauty of that. So you can all be Dina Men. That's true. Yeah. So there's always hope for that. Mm-hmm. Olympics are shot, but But yeah, but Dina I could do like Man. archery or something maybe. Cur- yeah, that's, uh, that's curling. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Curling. That's something a lot of non-athletic. Huh? Something, something non-athletic. Once you hit 30, you're you're going to curling. Yeah. Curling. Yeah. That's it. I can't think of anything else. That would be Dart, speed walking. Have darts in Olympics. Yeah, now they do. Did you see they have? No, they don't. I feel yeah, like I think they do. They have darts in the Olympics. I, so. I feel like they um the snow sports are doable in your thirties, like snowboarding. Yeah, because the ice. You no, know, really. Why is that Cole, Cole spoke? What? What? No, no yeah, yeah. like the ice helps. It's like it's cooling everything down. It's like yeah, all your that, joints and right. everything. It's oh, like yeah, it's yourself, you oh, no, no, darts is not in there. Nope. No. 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 But speed walking is correct. Speed walking is yeah. yeah. So you do speed walking. Did, did you see okay. there's like archery you while you is either shooting or, or shooting a bow on on shooting skis. skis. Shooting skis. So it's a uh, uh, skeet with uh, skiing. Skeet skiing. Skeet skiing. Skeet skiing. Yeah, I mean, combo. Yeah, I, I can't do either well, so I, I I'm not gonna right. start doing that. I feel like I would like fall and then shoot myself. Like I feel like that's, it's like a bad combo. <laughs> I feel like you should take some safeguards. Yeah, you on skis with a gun? That's yeah, not bad. not good. Yeah. yeah, or any of us, not just you. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a bad idea. If you're gonna pick up a sport, try to do one of those two things well first. <laughs> yeah, 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 combine them. Yeah, you don't just start from scratch. Yeah, so yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, you. So no, I was, was just gonna say, what what sports do you uh, assistant coach? Uh, soccer, baseball. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. I stay away from basketball. Because uh, uh, you get basketball is bad for my health. I think they're all bad for my health. Like blood pressure wise? He- yeah. When I was head coach, it was bad, bad for my health. Okay. Basketball, when I played it, I was like, it was just bad for my spiritual walk. It, so I walked away. Cause it, I probably, it, cause I can you explain that? Because now I'm, you no, got my interest. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Cole. Can I try to explain it? Is it because yeah. it's the most intense, like back and forth? I feel like soccer, there's like some distance, and like same thing with baseball, there's like time to let your blood pressure rise and fall. But basketball is just so like and I also on think top. Referees of have more of a say in basketball and how the game goes. That's the toughest yeah. of the three to ref, I think. Okay. All right. Let me let okay. me guess. Mine. Is it because is it an ego thing for basketball? No. Okay. No, it's it's. I think it's because I'm just not that good at it. Uh, <laughs> that, that's why I'm not that good at it, and I get frustrated. You know, you ever go golfing where you like... I won't because I know I'll yeah, be bad at it. I was going to say the same thing. I know I'm bad. So yeah, so that, that's another one. It's like, I like to golf, but I try to, you know, I don't want to wrap a club around a tree again. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, not that I did it, you know... Recently. <laughs> recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, like it, it's bad for my... Mental health. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Okay. That's why I won't do golf because I think it'll be six months of rage before I yeah. get the hang of it. Yeah. And then I've just, you know. You've never golfed. I've lost friends. You've never golfed? I have never golfed. Mini golf. I've mini golfed okay. and I went to a driving range and I, not not out of anger, but I broke my brother's really expensive thing because I hit the ground too hard before yeah. I hit the ball and it snapped off the head and it was like $180 okay, thing. Okay, you could do disc golf. Oh, I would do that. You ever do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. I'd be I good at that, first but that'd be fine. This week. Isn't that froth? Froth? What's it called? Oh, I don't know. I think it's what he said. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> disc golf? Yeah. It's oh. just disc golf. Yeah. Right. Disc golf was awesome. First time I'd done it this this week. Anyone can do it. Huh. I mean, you got to be able to. That one I'd be okay with not being great because there's not that many people that are really right. good. And there's yeah. a lot of like, um, not obstacles. What's the word for it? 
uh, not conditions. Like the wind plays a big part. So if it's yeah. like if elements. it's off, it's elements. Like, elements. Yeah. yeah. So it's if like it's, uh, if it's raining, if you got excuses. Rain. Yeah. Good if excuses. you're a Christian, being decent at frisbee is like a requirement. Uh, is it? <laughs> I feel oh, like every Christian at some point in youth group played frisbee. Yeah, you got to play frisbee. Ultimate yeah. frisbee. It's like acoustic guitar. Know. You yeah. have to know a couple chords. Yeah. Right. And I know four. So frisbee. There you go. C D G and E minor. E minor. There you go. Yep. Yeah. And you have to at one point preach in or like teach in khakis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for basketball, it was just the not basketball, a basketball. I just yeah, I played it in high school, but I probably click. shot. I was like a Ben Simmons. What was your best? You know, I, I, I only <laughs> shot. Well, never. Okay. So yeah. I shot. Sounds just like him. I like basketball. I like playing. Yeah. But I would just kind of set screens, box out, yeah. rebound, and let the good guys score. Right. Mm. So. Why shoot what, if you have a lot of position? good players? I was forward. Forward? Yeah. See, I can't name small, another. I was small a small forward. forward. A small guard. forward. Six foot right. forward. That's not that big, That's right? Yeah. Six foot. I was a small statured forward. Yeah. yeah. For soccer, what position do you play? Uh, you? Well, I played in college. I played midfield. Okay. Yeah. So in shape. Yeah. Average midfielder runs had, like six had, to eight miles. Yeah, we yeah. had hills in uh, Clark Summit, so you had to run up the hills. You were in great shape. My oh. wife went to Eastern University for field hockey. Oh, it's yeah. the same deal. Everything's on oh, an yeah. incline. We played Eastern. But um, if I could transport some hills to our high school, that's what I, the first thing I would have done because that's the best conditioning in the world. Get those thunder thighs going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thunder thighs. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guys would have hated me, but that thing was – those hills were awesome. Yeah. See, as I get older, I'm really starting to not like outdoor sports because really? of the elements. Oh, uh, okay. Because so they just can't play them? So you're basketball only? I'm, 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 are you, uh, I'm moving volleyball? towards that. Are you I love volleyball. volleyball. But that's because yeah. summer, basketball, though. But that's volleyball. summer. So we sure. start, we, we like made a nice beach court behind Calvary, and that's like our thing all summer. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball, volleyball are my favorite. But back to, I think it's just, like, I don't want to, even if it's golf, like, it's like March. It was right now. It's still not yeah, warm enough way too to be cold. outside. 50 degrees. I get out. so annoyed. I'm fine with soccer because you need to be hot to, to play it. Like, you're going to be running, like, just warming up. Yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. be sweaty, like, by doing, like, the calisthenics and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but like I played baseball in high school, and we were out there in like, like February, and like Mar- early today March. Today was like Feb- it's like forty degrees. No, I know. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is not baseball weather. Right. Yesterday was windy. Especially baseball, you're standing there, so it's like freezing. Oh, yeah, that's the worst sport in the cold. Yeah, baseball. When you yeah. it stings your hands when you hit. Yeah, soccer at least you're moving, right? Yeah, yeah baseball that's right. you're that's still like frozen. Yeah, yeah. So for. Um, we started talking about discipline, and I think we got um, we've moved on to the my other question that yeah. I went down for like just the safeguards. But for discipline, I I was looking up different scriptures and stuff that, yeah. that kind of dealt with it. So I'm, I'm in school to be an administrator too right now. I'm, awesome. I'm in I'm in grad school right now, trying to wrestle nice. my way through. And so I've been thinking about this. These weren't like he, we were going through Hebrews as a Bible study, yeah. and um, Hebrews 12 came to mind. And you actually cited this verse. I don't know if you meant to, but you already said uh, a decent part of it. So Hebrews 12, verse 6, this is for the Lord discipline, uh, disciplines the one he loves mm-hmm. and chastises every son whom he receives. And I'm just going to read this next part because it, it does show God's heart for discipline. It's a couple of verses. It says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, for what hmm. son is there whom the father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good. 
that we may be that we may share his holiness. That's cool. It's like the purpose of it mm-hmm. is holiness. And for the moment that all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So we get the purpose and then the result, mm-hmm. which is the fruit of righteousness. So I, I, that's such like a cool picture of it's awesome of what how the purpose mm-hmm. of discipline. And then when you can see that, I was talking about with Cole before we started, um, while he was eating uh, Chinese that I couldn't eat, um, he didn't get me any. Um, the like looking at how God disciplined Adam and Eve in the garden, mm-hmm. and how He like gave them a chance to confess their sin, and didn't just accuse them right away of what mm-hmm. happened. Right? He said like. Uh, where have you been? Mm-hmm. You know, and and, mm-hmm. and you know, where, why are you why are you clothed? You know, mm-hmm. and and then he made a way to cover their sin. And then you look at Israel and and how like we're, we just went through Exodus and how yeah. he, the Israelites consistently did things wrong, um, and the beautiful picture of Christ through Moses and and how like he let someone mediate on their behalf in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And I don't. It's just I I went kind of a yesterday when when I knew you were coming on the like kind of. A, mm-hmm. I was starting to see all the dots connect on how Christ yeah. disciplines his children um, from Adam to Israel to us, you know? And it's cool to see the writer of Hebrews so clearly like paint the picture of the purpose is holiness, the product is fruit. That's awesome. You know, and so as like an administrator, like yeah. you, you even said that you sit down with them and you want to let them know you love them and that this is for their benefit, not for yours, yeah. you know? And you but, know, when God, God disciplines us, right? But ultimately we we're in this relationship with Christ and that I feel like even as a father, you know, as a, as a disciplinarian of the school, it's, it really is about relationships first, you know, where Christ saved us first, we understand his love for us mm-hmm. first. And now we, we can't like that passage is awesome. It, it explains why he does it. Why does mm-hmm. he do the discipline? What's the end result of the discipline, you know, to refine us, to be, become the Christians that he wants us mm-hmm. to be. And I, I just keep coming back to relationships. And one of the other verses, I can't think of where it's at, but is provoke not your children to wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I think about that. Proverbs. Proverbs, yeah. Is it Proverbs? Yeah. It's 3 uh, 5. Proverbs 3 5. I think. Just my knowledge. It shouldn't be 3 he told 5. His parents that a trust lot. in the Lord with all your heart is 3 5, isn't it? Okay. But anyway, it's, it's like I think of that as a dad just doing things to tick his kids off. Like, <laughs> you know, what's your purpose? Why, why are you provoking your children how can you not provoke your children I, i'm not in this position to instigate, I, I, like, instigate yeah. provoke yeah like really and i spoke to two parents today or a lot more than two parents today but like i kept on emphasizing that i love your kids like i'm not in this for any other reason i'm not i'm in this because god put me here mm-hmm. and because I know I've seen his grace in my life, but I love these kids. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the dean of men, the boys, the, these guys, I want more guys to just go out and thrive for Christ. And if I don't have that relationship, like I hope these kids in school aren't like, oh, Mr. Banner's just, oh, every time he's just looking to get us in trouble. No, I'm not, I'm not about that. Actually, I don't even go to school and look at the, the small things of you know, like, like dress code and those types of things. Like, I want them to see Jesus in me. I want to have a relationship with these guys. And then if they're not doing certain things that they should be, then, hey, guys, you know your expectations. Let's do what we're supposed to be doing. If you don't do it, then we have consequences. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they can take that a little bit easier or at least understand my motive. Just like the, the author of Hebrews, mm-hmm. you know, what's the motive of God? It's mm-hmm. not to make us worse for it, right? He's, he's disciplined because he loves us. Mm. He wants us to be who, the men of God he wants us to be, as I want them to be the men God has 
You know, God has such an awesome plan for all these guys' lives, man. And for me to be a part of it, just like I said earlier, it blows me away that I can be there. So, well, I like that to bring up like the hindsight of it, because like you were saying, like the best thing for you and your was getting kicked at or asked to leave the school. But in the moment, you probably couldn't see that. Right. Now looking back in hindsight, it's like, oh, it all comes together now. Mm -hmm. You know, but like he even mentions that. for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. You know, so it's like yeah. anytime we're experiencing it, it feels like it feels quite the opposite of what it's actually right. doing. It feels <laughs> like, why are you doing this to me? Or like, why, like, you know, like everything I've done for you. Well, you know, you just, you, you know, you can get defensive. Yeah. Um, I think so you, you take ownership too, right? That's yeah. one of the things that in discipline that I want these guys to do. Like, you know, I went to a prison, several prisons. What'd you do? Um, I'm just well, kidding. Yeah, yeah, I, didn't do, I didn't do anything. As a No, but it's like take take responsibility for your action. Mm-hmm. You know what what did you do to get yourself in this spot? And then you take ownership. And then I I believe that that's where you can say, all right, Lord, I'm I'm here to confess. I know you're faithful. I'm asking mm-hmm. for forgiveness. We can move on and become better for it. Even on our mistakes, I, th- I mean, my mistakes. God's made me stronger from them. Um, but it really you know, ownership is another thing that mm-hmm. came to mind. We're just yeah. taking responsibility. Mm. Yeah, well, so real quick, those verses are uh, Colossians 3.21 and Ephesians 6.4. So fathers, provoke your children. Do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Mm. And Ephesians 6.4 is, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in training and abnomition abdom, of the Lord. Yeah, it's mm. two yeah. total contrast, right? Don't provoke them. Bring them up in the training and abnomination of the Lord. Yeah. What was the first, what was the other the one? The first one is just don't provoke them, lest they become discouraged. Yeah, the reason so the, not the, to provoke them is yes. you don't want them to get discouraged. And then Ephesians gives a reason, uh, a uh, an action after not provoking them, you should be encouraging. Yeah, them like and, I, and I, I don't know about you guys, but when I grew up, there's times where I can remember certain teachers are like it, they rip the spirit out of you. Like I've seen even parents like they take the spirit out of a kid. Like mm-hmm. we got to breathe life into these kids. You know, I don't want to discourage. Like, if if a kid walks out of my school, it's not my school, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's going home and is like, Mr. Boehner just, you know, he discouraged me today. Man, yeah. I have failed the Lord. Mm. That is a big problem. And as a teacher, I mean, as a teacher, are we not there to for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love kids. I better love kids if I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. That was always a funny thing to me, too. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't like kids. What are you t- you're teaching. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I just I don't want to discourage. That's so yeah. big. Well, especially now they're in like their most formative years. Yeah. Where they're gonna like, what happens to them now is gonna shape how they perceive the world. Yeah. Yeah, and so they're gonna carry that with them wherever they. Yeah, and and especially even after, I know, that your school continued through most of the pandemic, right? It yeah. weren't, weren't as weren't virtual as long as the schools right. that the school that I work in, but mm-hmm. like these kids coming back from isolation and sometimes tough mm-hmm. home lives and then you're discouraging them even further in their first interaction with like another you know, human. Yeah. Another <laughs> human and, and another Christian, you yeah. know, and, and seeing Christ in people and then to discourage them. It, it, it carries a little more weight this year. Yeah. yeah. My relationship with the kids and it ever has. Like I've noticed mm-hmm. that even if I say something sarcastic that I think is hilarious and because I, I communicate through sarcasm, it's like a teaching tool, you, you know. You, and if I um, don't read the situation right, right, and I can see the hurt, you know, you can see the you look. Can sense it like immediately. Yeah, you yeah. can sense immediately, like, oh, mm-hmm. that didn't sit well with what I said. Like, you know, 
nothing terrible, but just something right. you think is funny. And you're like, I'll oh, just sit down. You're not good at basketball anyway. You know, yeah. something like yeah. silly yeah. like that. And you can see it. And then after a few minutes, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't really mean that. Yeah. You know, talk to him. You're great at basketball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so what, uh, this is just a, a quick funny thing that I read a situation wrong twice in, in two days. And it was, it was great. There was a student who, um, Phrases right. He was, uh, he's a little obnoxious. And one of the other kids was like, um, Come on, Mike. Uh, he said something like, Everybody loves me. And they're like, No one loves you. And I was like, Don't worry. At least your mom loves you. And then he goes, My mom passed away last year. Oh, mm-hmm. man. So hold on. Yeah. So then I was like, All right, no problem, man. My dad died three years ago. Dead parent club. And I fist pounded him, you know, and like I tried to make oh, it like yeah. light. And then he was like, All right. And he fist pounded. <laughs> And then, and then like, the really day, where else you can you go from? I didn't know where else to go. I just was going to be like, yeah. oh, I get it. Like I'm not, yeah. so then, um, the day goes by and all night I felt convicted about it. You know, mm-hmm. I got to pull this kid aside next tomorrow and like, no, apologize. So I, the next day I went in, I was praying about it. I'm like, all right, I got to pull him aside. I'm like, listen, I really didn't mean to. And he's like, let me tell you the truth is I was a joke. My mom's still alive. No. <laughs> and I felt terrible. He said, that's and I felt really, terrible. That's like actually really fun on that kid's part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then he was like, and I have to apologize to you. I was upset yeah, all yeah. night. I've been praying about it. Like, <laughs> and, um, it was just funny that we both, uh, lost, lost sleep because yeah. we both, you know, didn't control yeah. our tongues in the moment, you know? And like, I, anyway, mm-hmm. it was just, uh, a learning experience for both yeah. of us. So you moment. do put your foot in your mouth. Oh yeah. Once in a while. Once in a while. Yeah. I know More the taste of my foot well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So um, there was that. There was one other thing about um, discipline. Oh, uh, recently going through Daniel and looking at the story of Moses and how they, like specifically Moses, like when, not what he was specifically disciplined, but when things got really tough, he could have just left. Yeah. You know, like uh, maybe not really easily, but he could have gone back to the wilderness. He could have gone back to his father-in-law and, and raised sheep. Mm. But he took on the discipline that was supposed to go towards the Israelites and took it. Like he took mm-hmm. God's anger and his fury. Mm. And like, I don't know, instead of running away from, instead of, like you said, being disciplined and, and owning it, um, well, instead of running away from it, he owned it and he, and he became... Um, you know, what Christ would eventually become for us, which is yeah. that sacrifice and, and, and someone who'd eat that wrath, you know? Hmm. But it's it was interesting to see, and the same thing with Daniel, like he could have, I mean, it would have been easy for just escaped on a donkey or something yeah. and gotten out of there um, and gone somewhere else. It would have been found eventually, whatever, because Nebi is super strong. But um, seeing these guys experience discipline, experience trials, and just stayed under it and let the fruit grow. You know, especially shooting out seeds. for Moses, because it's a, it's a 180 from his first experience with discipline where he runs away and yeah. avoids the That's discipline and the consequences of his actions. Like after he killed the dude mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. ran off to Jethro. Yeah. Jethro mm-hmm. is still there. I mean, yeah. he eventually came back later mm-hmm. in Exodus. He could have gone to Jethro again and hit out for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like these guys are whining so much, you know, these Israelites, I don't want to take their complaints anymore. Mm. Uh, I don't want to go, keep going up and down this mountain. It's my legs are tired. <laughs> like you come up with all these different excuses. I mean, instead he stayed there. He ate the discipline and he, you know, worked for God's behalf. And it's just cool to see the most influential and admirable people in the Bible were disciplined and owned it. Mm-hmm. It's you know? James. Mm-hmm. Counted all joy. Mm-hmm. Various trials. Paul. I mean, yeah. um, you know, yeah. oh, speaking of Daniel, my favorite verse in Daniel is, that he purposed in his heart mm. that he was not going to defile his God. Yeah. So we go, I know we're going back, but that's one of the things with keeping ourselves faithful to our, our spouses. But 
Like I, and that's every aspect of my faith. I want a purpose in my heart that I want to follow my God. And that could be any, you know, that line of sin, how far, how close are we going to get to that line? Man, I don't know. But if, if I have to question it, I got to get out of there. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. I got to set all the time. that line in the sand. Like I'm purposing in my heart that I'm not going to follow my God because it's ultimately it's about God. And, um, you know, it's, these kids, you know, we, I just want them to live for the Lord. But and I, I tell them this, uh, you guys, you can't live for Jesus in this school with 350 Christians, professing Christians. If you can't live for Christ here, How you're you gonna not going to do it out, do it out yeah. there. Yeah. You're not doing it. So yeah, that, and, that's a big one. That just I want to see some faith in this school. Mm-hmm. God wants to see the faith in this school. But yeah. I, want the, I want the environment to glorify the Lord through these guys. Do you think it's ever harder to be a Christian in that environment where everyone else is? Yes. Where like, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. with, uh, you, there's no one to check you. Right. And, and ref- I don't know. I don't know what you think. Like, It, it could be... Has its own challenges. Uh, here's my here's my thing, and I, I teach junior guys Bible, so a lot of these topics we discuss. But Matthew seven is my biggest fear for Christian school kids, where it says many in that day will say, "Lord, Lord," mm. and that you better wake up because yeah. the next part it says, "Depart from me, you who worked iniquity. Mm. I never knew you." So it's not just saying, "Yeah, I I really do believe." Like when I came to Christ, it was like. I don't know, for us that know Jesus, we understand what we're saying. But like, you know, it talks about you see through that glass darkly. Like, mm-hmm. I could, I knew, I heard the gospel my whole life, and it was that moment that my eyes were like, "Whoa, this is amazing grace!" Like, this is really what Jesus did for me, and now I get to live for Him. And it's not to me; it's it's a lifestyle, right? As a Christian, you can pray a prayer of salvation. But are you living for Jesus? And, and ultimately, God knows the heart, right? God knows whether you're saved. You know whether you're saved or not. But I, I just want to encourage these kids. But yes, going back to your question, that's like my main, one of my main concerns in a Christian environment. You're all Christians. Mm-hmm. Then where's the fruit, right? Mm. That's so important because I grew up in a Christian school, Christian church, Christian, 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 going to chapel, hearing it all. Well, where's the fruit in my life? I had no fruit. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. Yeah. So if there's no fruit, something's missing there. I, I think that, I think you're right. I think that's, I think the big, I don't know. We've had this whole conversation. This is when, when, uh, Jen. well, yeah, when Jen was on and, and we had this whole conversation, but it's like, just because you, just because you have, just because you have a Lakers jersey doesn't mean you're on the team. I mean, it's like part of it is just like getting it's it's getting in the game, yeah. like, and that's the biggest fear. If like it, you can think this whole this whole entire time that you're on the team, but it's like you just have a jersey. That's all. It's like you've just you've been, you've just been given yeah. this, yeah. like, um, and like you said, you've you've heard it over and over your whole life, and then it just clicked mm-hmm. one day, which is why I think like Jesus says like those who have ears to hear hear <laughs> like, but because like not to get nerdy or anything, but like in here in Greek and in, in Hebrew, it, it um, implied acting on it. Okay, you're hearing it now. Act on it. Mm-hmm. Where we don't have that really, in, in like we have listening here, but like it, it meant something different than like uh, that's you know. So it it should if you're really hearing this, then this should be changing things. That you should see it down like you know a domino effect of like it, it changing other things in your life. So mm-hmm. it's a scary. It's a it's a, it's the whole like does a fish know it's wet thing. 
Mm-hmm. If it lives its whole life in water, does it know it's wet? Like, like if, if you're in that bubble, are you being? No, it's not to say they're not going out the other place. Like you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's like that kind of like when you get saved, it compels you. Like that right. was whole. That was Paul's whole purpose after he accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. It was a real change that he had to live for him. So much so that he was crucified upside down for his Savior. Like That's Peter. That is... I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, wrong guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Thanks for the Paul correct. was beheaded. Yeah. Paul was beheaded. All right. Both terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, same, I, I, same, same concept. Same. I think <laughs> I, you got my idea. Yeah, yeah. I think I go with, I, I think I go with the beheaded. Same. Yeah, same. It's yeah. more instant. It's just yep. instantaneous. Yeah, okay. So he'll, he, maybe his faith wasn't as good as Peter's. <laughs> since, <laughs> since you're the, you're the discipline guy. But he was also guy. whipped yeah. and shipwrecked. If you ever get to choose how I die, since you're the discipline guy, I, you? you're the master sensei, whatever the dean of men. By the way, you need a goblet. I need a guy. Is that what it's called? I know they were talking about. Like, uh, you need a big mug like, oh, with, like, yeah, with yeah. dazzled mm-hmm. gold iron. No, I don't want you that. You can drink it for the <laughs> dean of men. <laughs> no, I'm no. not worthy of the goblet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't. I don't even know the difference between Peter and Paul. It so sounds I, like I a, can't get a goblet. <laughs> <till> <laughs> I know that. It sounds like a Thanksgiving thing at Wawa that you can get. <laughs> the goblet. <laughs> goblet. Yeah, it's a goblet. It looks like the, the thing from the Indiana Jones. That's exactly what I was picturing in my head. Yeah, like a chalice. Yeah, yeah. Just like chalice. That. Chalice. chalice. Well, that's just because it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you see what yeah. I'm saying now? Yeah, when yeah, Jesus yeah. changes you, yeah, you're yeah. going to be compelled. Like, I have no other choice. Mm-hmm. What else am I going to live for but mm-hmm. Christ? If he really changed you. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like the whole, like, the Daniel purpose in his heart. It's like, it, mm-hmm. what is, it's really like knowing, like, what is your heart's purpose, really, in, in, in general. Not in this one thing whatever i'm doing right now in this time or place but like in general what is your heart's like what is your life's purpose from here on out because it was different before now it should be different now because if the purpose of his heart at that time was to draw political lines he would have behaved differently in the next few days correct but his purpose in his heart was to serve god so he didn't draw political lines you know, so I, I think that's a, like a decision we have to make and like we try to avoid politics on this podcast just because right this is a gospel oriented, yeah. you know, podcast. Why wouldn't um, we? Yeah. But yeah, why would we? But in yeah. terms of like once in a while, it spills over into like, why would you believe certain things? Um, uh, one trend that we've been bucking against in the, in Christian culture is like people who are so vocal about politics and not vocal at all about the gospel of Christ. And, um, you know, we see that with Daniel purposing in his heart to serve God and serve an oppressive regime, you know? Right. And continuing to say, okay, this is the God. Here are my lines. I will purpose my heart. I will not defile my God in this way, this way, and this way. But I'll do what I have to yeah. to be a good testimony other than that, which I think is like a, a powerful I'll message. I'll change my name. Yeah, you know, change my name. I'll learn your language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, all that. Which is a powerful testimony to today where like I could, I could easily, with logic and be right, argue with people every single day about politics. You know what I mean? It gets you nowhere for the further. Exactly. Nowhere exactly. for the and maybe right. the kingdom on earth will be nominally better, yeah. and the kingdom of heaven will be further back. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. well, I shouldn't say push it back, but it won't be moving through me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just because we really we, we're we're finite. So it's like we only have so much hu- human energy in us. Like, what are we going to focus on? Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a certain things like I, I it's just that I love about this podcast. We got we talked to Chuck Thornley from Wellspring. He was on uh, yeah, here. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd love yeah, Chuck. Chuck. Um, and he came and spoke about um, the clinic. Yeah, crisis um, pregnancy. Crisis yeah. pregnancy, yeah. yeah. 
And that was just like sort of a refreshing thing where he barely uh, at the one point he mentioned a bill that might be in play, but most of it was like, how can we as Christians minister to those people who are making really tough decisions right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And has a stance on on abortion, biblical stance. Right. But that was not that that point, night. Yeah. It was full of loving conversations about how can we love people who are going through really yeah. tough situations. And it was like, that's how as Christians we should be thinking about those things. That's you how know? you win people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the gospel, it's like they will know you by your love. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was a good that was a powerful yeah, was. night since then because I for so long heard abortion topic discussed mm-hmm. and it just made me feel icky both sides you know mm-hmm. i i believe in the you know sanctity of human life right. and god believes in that but it never felt like the full picture mm-hmm. of how christians are supposed to think about it and then hearing them even say like you know in certain situations that are they it happens and then they come and instead of being rebuked it's like okay here's how you deal with the ptsd of what you just did and mm-hmm. here's how christ loves you and here's how he covers your sin that you just did because like, he, he could be like see this is why we don't do that you know what i mean yeah or like, yeah. whatever like yeah, can you can I get you on video saying a horrible it is so I can show it to other people? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Instead of just saying Christ loves you and mm-hmm. He covered that sin that you, you, you guys feel. you guys understand like I was just in the presence mm-hmm. for the gospel's sake, right? Yeah. Not because of any. Yeah, yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. I can't get it out of my head, and you guys bringing this up, it's like you you know as you look at those men who did what they did, some vile stuff. The power of Jesus in their life when he transforms them is mind-boggling, like mm-hmm. the grace of Christ. And that, to your point, you know, you we need to focus on the grace of Christ and what he could do. It doesn't matter what you've done, but his power is that saving, that he could save the save to the uttermost, right? Yeah. Save to a man who persecuted Christians right. in Paul, and what a radical change. Thief on the cross. The thief on the cross. And the, the Bible is full of people like that, which I love. I love that. Mm-hmm. Because going back to discipline, it it ultimately is about the grace of God, not the legalism of following rules. It For me, it's not about the rules. It really isn't. And, and to be honest with you, as long as they line up with the Word of God, I don't care what the rules are. You know, I, and mm-hmm. we, it, you know, I have, we all have rules, right? Mm-hmm. If we, if we focus on the Lord, the rules become easy. Like I'm not, I'm not in it for the rules. I'm in it for the Lord. Mm-hmm. But you know, I see, I see these men, and I, I hear these, you know, about the abortion. God's grace is, it. There's no limit. Mm-hmm. There's no limit on what He can do. And I saw that. I saw that like up close and personal. Not to get sidetracked. No, no. I, I, I want to talk more about the prison ministry because someone who went with you um, said really impactful things to me about how it went, and. Oh, yeah. um, that, when he when he goes to our Bible study, when he came mm-hmm. back, man, there was like a fire in him, and that I hadn't seen before, and uh, it was encouraging to talk to him about that. But yeah. one one like even a small thing mentioning that is like with abortion and that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I I recently read a quote that was like really impactful, and I can't recite it well because I I can't even look it up because I remember who said it. But it was like Christians often harp on that topic so much because they're defensible souls because they haven't done anything wrong yet in that area in that area right, right, right. Yeah, it's, a, it's an area at that right, point. Yeah, yeah. so like they mm-hmm. they haven't done anything wrong yet so when we talk about prisoners and we talk about women who have had um you know abortions and we talk about homeless mm-hmm. you know right. it's harder to defend them because it's sometimes they've made bad decisions to put them in that spot when when um fetuses haven't mm-hmm. so in, in order to it, it, you can't let that be 
the reason why you defend one and not another. The sanctity of human life. Christ loves the the child as much as the mom, as much as the prisoner and the homeless person. So it seems like it doesn't always line up with people who are so incredibly passionate about one often neglect the souls of the other, mm. you know? And seeing that linear care for each of those souls um, in Chuck was right. impactful. Right, it's creating, it's creating all those that you just named, it's creating outcasts. It's really what it's doing because we – if you think about the ones that we harp on, it's all the ones that most people don't – like most people haven't been to prison. Most people aren't homosexuals. Most people haven't had abortions, and those are the ones that we focus on because you're right. Like most people are innocent of that, so it's easy to point the finger. Mm-hmm. But like, we don't harp on things like anger, lust, anxiety, mm-hmm. lust. Yeah, like we don't harp on those things because we're all guilty of it. Yeah. So nobody mm-hmm. – nobody's going to be picking in that because you're guilty of it. So it's like what are you going to yeah. – it's a good point. Yeah. So what, what was the prison ministry like built around? Like what was the, what's the model for it? So it's, um, it's the prison saints ministry. The, we went to Florida because of COVID they opened up Florida prisons first. And, um, I was okay with that playing in, you know, 80 degree weather, but <laughs> yeah. so it's a softball team. We put together, um, a couple guys from victory, a couple guys from Calvary up North, uh, Calvary, Pastor Mike, no, not that far north. South Jersey? Ewing? No, no. Uh, Delran? No, but I'll, I'll find it. I'll, I'll, I'll Google find it while it. you're talking. Mike, Pastor Mike. Um, but anyway, we we were all, this was our, we had three guys on a team that never, that had gone before. The rest of us, there was 14, we'd never gone. So mm-hmm. we had no, we didn't really know apart from the stories that were shared and they kept it minimal mm-hmm. of what we were getting into. Mm-hmm. It was the best four days of my life. And I, I mean, I could debate that with my honeymoon and, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. those <laughs> things. But yeah. that when, I, when I think about it, it was the best four days of my life because... Della Prudy. Pastor Mike Della Prudy, he's, he's, he's the man. But I don't know where his church is. It's, it's, I, know where, I know how to get there. I just don't know what town it's it is. It's in Ocean County, but I can't. I don't know. I'm looking. It doesn't matter. But I, 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 Yeah, so Pastor Mike Calvary... I didn't know if it was Calvary Baptist or Calvary, Calvary, Calvary. Yeah, I'm looking. Getting it. Um, the, the, the reason it was the best four days of my life is because people got saved. Hmm. So on my honeymoon. Nobody got I saved. I don't know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but, <laughs> but nobody got saved. So sorry, my love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, these were the best four yeah. days of my life. And my wife was pumped for me, by the way. She, she was like all in, man. Mm-hmm. And I got to lead people to Jesus. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, that's where I'm looking at these guys. Like, the the first three days, we didn't go into. We went into state penitentiary and then two private prisons. Mm-hmm. The last day, we went into one of the worst prisons in Florida. And it comes to your point was with the homosexuality, transgender, yeah. pedophilia, yeah. all that, all that, right? Sexual crime, mm-hmm. rape, all that. So going into that one, it was like, man, Lord, this one's hard for me. So we, got, we huddled up as a team, and I remember my teammate praying that, and I, I knew this, but it got me, that God, Jesus, you died, you hung on the cross for these men. Hmm. Wow. Are you kidding me? Like, like I, I get, I knew that, but when he prayed that, it was like, Lord, I'm here for you that these men I don't care what they've done. They need Christ. So anyway, I got I got to go into four different prisons, but um, I got to lead men to the Lord. I got to give my testimony in front of 300 men. 
And I prayed that specifically because two days before, you know, they, they have some situations that they have to lock the prison down, airlift people, different crazy stuff happen in prisons. And some of my friends didn't give the, give their testimony. I was like, Lord, really the one thing I want to do here is give my testimony. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, please. So, and I knew it was the one prison that had more men in it. So I'm like, Lord, please let me share. And I got to share. If they only knew you were the Dean of Men. But man, I, I got to give the gospel to them mm -hmm. and my testimony to them and use my story of my father right. and like guys that had similar, like most men in prison don't have fathers. Mm -hmm. And these guys are like, man, and 27 men came to Christ that day. It was like, wow, blew my mind. So I got to go back. I'm going back. Um, I don't know when. I'm definitely going next next year, but I'm I'm hoping to get into maybe some day prisons. And if they don't let you in, do some white collar crimes. Absolutely, work from <laughs> yeah. the inside. There's one way to you get know? in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. When when I um, uh, Wagner State Prison, I I at, in college it wasn't a Christian thing, but there was a, a I worked for a community service program, and it was. Um, it was called Socrates Cafe, and it was basically a class that was preparing them for when they got out to be to get their GEDs. Yeah. So we, I went there once a week for like a year or two, and it was the guys who had been there were twenty years and then finished in their twenty year sentence. These guys that I was working, so they're good, you know, no risk or anything. Right. Um, some of the nicest, smartest people mm -hmm. I've ever met, and I know that there's different motives for being nice at different times, but mm -hmm. genuinely, after two years, you're going to see somebody a, a, like a sums drawback if there's inauthenticity, you know. Right. And there was one guy, and I'll, I'll say his name because I don't even think it was his real name, but um, his name was James, and he nonstop about the gospel. Like we, it would go around, and they'd be talking about Socrates and yeah. you know different philosophers, and he would just start talking. Like he be, he became obsessed with the Book of James because he got saved after he right. went to. So he would just be like, my man, Jesus. And he'd go off and we weren't allowed to pass, uh, to, to talk about anything outside of the curriculum. And I was a teacher's assistant. So I was writing notes to this guy and, um, I actually got in trouble and it was asked to not go back anymore, but we, uh, we're writing notes back and forth for like a year where I had this like little notebook and I had a little thing where I could slip a note and it would like hide it in a pocket. And we were writing notes about Bible studies back and forth That's for like cool. a year and hmm. a half. And I still have the notes. They, they were almost, um, unintelligible. Like his handwriting was horrible. Um, but I asked for his testimony and I gave mine and we wrote back and forth and it was pretty cool. I mean, he was already a believer, but it was yeah. just cool to be able to encourage him for the year and a half I was able mm -hmm. to. And it's awesome. So two of the prisons we were in were similar to that was they were private prisons. Okay. So they had, they gave the men. Now the majority of the men that we were with, well, I don't know about majority. It seemed like the majority had life sentences, but even if, even if they had a life sentence, the private prisons gave them purpose to get their GED or learn a trade. Some of them serve in 20. The, the time thing got me. Like, I'm sitting next to a guy one time at dinner. We got to go back and eat with these guys, which was awesome. Um, he's like, yeah, I've been here for 40 years. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. I'm like, 40 years? Like, I was four years old when this guy went to prison, and he's still got another, you know, he'll die in prison. Mm -hmm. The time was just, like, blew my mind. Like, like, see, there's, there's, I don't know. There's something to that, too, though. I don't want to interrupt you, but, like, at a certain point, you you're not even fit for society anymore. Like like everything's changed so much. Think about how much has changed in forty years. Yeah. No internet when he went in. No. TV. I mean, you're so institutionalized. So even if it was like a forty year sentence and not a life like his was a life sentence, it sounds like. Yeah. But like, what if it was forty years? Like, 
how is it set up so that he's built to be back into society now after that? All he knows is survival in pr- prison. Mm. Yeah, so, so they actually had a program. One of the guys that came to our prisons was in prison. I think it was, he was in for 20 years, and he got into one of the programs in okay. prison to give him purpose. Okay. So he goes to all the prisons now, these privately run prisons, and explains to these guys, like, there is purpose. And they have these programs that help you become more fitted for, for yeah, society, for society yeah. how yeah. to get. Because, you know, they kept on preaching to these guys, like, all we're known for is going back out, doing the same thing, coming back. Right. Like, that's our reputation. Mm-hmm. The, I, there's, like, the small percentage. Like, 3% of men go out and don't commit another crime. Right. But those 3%, it's worth to, you know? Like, oh, yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah. purpose to these guys. Like, when the gospel... And, and we had, um, like, we, we saw men, like, oh, man, I, I, I wake up every morning still. I'm like, man, I just want to go to prison. Mm. It's really, like... I just have a burden to go back to prison. Yeah. And um, for these men, it's like, man, Lord. And I've seen, I, you know, obviously the guys that just got saved that day, I didn't see a transformation. Right. But we've, we were with guys that accepted Christ, mm-hmm. and the, tra- the stories that they told us were like, wow. Like, I, and, and that helps me, like, never look at anybody and say, God can't. Yeah. God can't. God's arm is not too short, right? Mm-hmm. It, it could save to the uttermost. And when I saw these guys, I was like, I was just blown away. Like, I think it was, I think in the one prison, it was like 1% of the prison were believers, but they have faith-based dorms and they allowed each other to grow. And it goes, kind of goes back to my, my school where the guys were like, you go back and tell your kids, if we can live for Christ in these prisons, you can live for Christ in the school that you're at. Right. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was, I mean, that's, not, a, that's a, that's, that's facts right there. But that, that's challenging for me and all of us Everybody, too. Yeah. It's not just like for the kids, but am I living for Christ? These guys are like, I mean, their faith is really tested in prison. You know, they got all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff that, that go on in prison and to stand for Jesus there. That's not easy, but man, the men, I, I was just blown away by it. And I, I met, I mean, I mean, I won't say names either, but I met one guy, I, when we were given the um, the message, he was lifting his hands. And I'm like, this guy, he's got to be a brother in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, and he was weeping, like weeping. I, I said, I go up to him. I said, man, can I pray with you? And he shared me a story. And his his story was he he had a life sentence, and his daughter, who he saw a couple times just in prison, communicated with her a few times just in prison, had just died. She was 18 years old. So this guy lost his daughter at 18 years old, but he never really had a relationship. And, but, but the thing was, he was a believer. He did accept Christ. And he, and he said, Charlie, I cannot tell you the change in my life. He says, every day I wake up and I'm living in this prison and I'm fired up for the Lord. And I, I, he says, I need you to pray for me that I can still be bold and faithful to God, what he's called me to do in this place, even with a life sentence. Hmm. I can't imagine like being in prison for life forever. You're not getting out, but he said, "I'm the most free I've ever been." Oh, that's, yeah, that's like it was. It was it's unre- annoying. It was he's unreal, like that man. faithful yeah, and yeah, sees like, everything that clearly. Like these guys, I mean, I have a lot of stories like that, and I I don't know what I can share. But one one guy, um, he was like, I, I get like choked up with it because yeah. it, it was like really that life changing for me to see a a young guy in prison 
He was 21 years old, went into prison. He's got a life sentence at 21, accepted Christ, and he's like, man, you know, I got the rest of my life here. And, you know, in prison, you know, there's a lot of sex crimes that go on, and he's like, can you just pray for me to stay faithful? Because he was a smaller guy who was worried about different things happening, and he's like, yeah, he got teared up. And he's like, can you just pray for me? So I have committed to that, like these men in the prisons that live for Jesus. Mm -hmm. But it was so convicting to me that... When we get so complacent for our, our relationship with Jesus, these guys are like life on the line stuff, you know? Well, I think that goes back to what I was talking yeah, about. I was going to say, you were talking about yeah, that earlier. If it's like what we're saying about the school, that's just a microcosm of like us as, as Christians in a, in a first world country. Like what I was saying about the school and like our, on a day-to-day basis, our faith is never tried or tested right. like it would be in a prison, like right. it would be in the Middle East, like it would be in China or North Korea. Like it, we just never have to choose our actual lives or our faith lives. We never actually, you know, and like when you do, it, it's a different, you know, like you said, yeah. I think part of what's so moving about it is because not not on a, not in God's perspective, but in our perspective, their sin was so much more than ours. Right. So when you see their their recovery, right. that grace is so much more. So you're seeing so much more grace because we're sin abounds, yeah, grace, grace abounds much more. more abounds, right. So yeah. it's like it, they went so far down. Now they're the prodigals returned so much further. So you're like, it's such a more moving thing yeah. than to a, just a regular average suburban guy. I was like, eh, his life wasn't that bad. But now he came to Christ. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, hmm. you know, uh, it's just a, that's just a, I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I just trying to process through like that. I almost felt, and this is don't take this the wrong way, but I almost mm-hmm. feel like they're more free than we are in that it rids, it takes rid of all the choices that they can make to put something in front of Christ. It's like at that point, it's either like death or Christ once you're there, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are your only real two options because um, you're not going to have a productive earthly life anymore. Like your your life on earth, you've, you're a ward of the state now. You don't belong to yourself, right? So you are almost like, I don't know. It's almost like a, a blessing to have all those things stripped. So you, you have to focus on Christ. You don't have, you can't build in a mass. They're not worrying about the next big house they can buy. Not worrying about the next mm-hmm. car and the, the next like, um, the next ministry they can build like mm-hmm. on in the church and like who they can impress. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can I serve Christ where I am? And there's very limited circles they can serve in, you know? Yeah. So that, that kind of goes back to my testimony, but I, you know, this is kind of like a debate, not necessarily a debate, but sometimes I think Christian kids mm. that get saved at a young age, did they, did they, was there great sin that grace may abound more? No, but my thing is like, guys, you don't need to experience what I've experienced. Like, because of my sin, yeah, grace is great. And I, I, I wouldn't change it, but your testimony is awesome that God protected you from this. Because mm-hmm. a lot of kids, I feel like, you know, I don't have that heroin addict. Mm-hmm. You don't want that's that big. heroin. That's how I feel. You don't yeah. want that heroin addict testimony. Mm. You, no, you don't. Okay. <laughs> you don't want that. I'm gonna, I'll, 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 I'll fight you, know. you for it right <laughs> now. Yeah, I'll fight you for it right <laughs> now. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> no, but that goes back to the, that goes back to the, because when you're in it, you don't see in hindsight. You're like this. It would have been so much better if I didn't have to go through it all. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, look, well, praise yeah, look, God that I did, me. and here I am. Trust me, man. Looking back, I'm like, Lord, I just wish because I knew the truth. I rejected the truth. I ran with the world, 
And then by God's grace, I came to him. But I wish I would have just stuck with the truth. Mm. Really. I mean, mm. ultimately, I would have been protected by all the junk that I allowed the enemy to have in my life. Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny you say that. So my, um, I'm not going to get like too far into the details, but my wife and I, how we met is mm-hmm. similar, similar the experience to what you just had. So like when we first met, she wasn't a believer. We started kind of dating when she wasn't yet a believer. Yeah. And the process we went through um, to get to where we are today, I would not recommend for two people that are equally yoked that are young getting married. Right. You know what I mean? So right. like we, I mean, we dated for six years before, like she was, mm-hmm. she, she became, she got saved like three months into dating and then she grew so fast. But like the, the struggles that came along with an unequally yoked relationship at the mm-hmm. start, um, people look at, at the time when we were, um, were serving in the young adults ministry, um, and engaged in everything. We heard people say, well, they made it. And like, look at them. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. the mission dating, like, the missionary dating thing. Right. And yes, I, God has blessed my marriage more than I thought He could. And I, I believe that you know she had God had her for me, and me for her. But I would never replicate the model of how we met and fell in love mm. for a younger couple who's looking to date. And it's the same idea with like a testimony. It's like, I, 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 yes, I'm where I am today because God pulled me and, 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 and put me here, but right. I'm not going to recommend you do heroin to get there. Like 100%. that's just a ridiculous thing. You know, I, I have stories of that with my kids. That That's kind of like how I feel like the enemy beats me up. Cause I'm like, man, Lord, I disappointed you so much, but I have a story of, I mean, many, but one where the kid got in trouble for using drugs. So, you know, one of his responses was Mr. Boehner turned out. Okay. Yeah. And that was like, that was cross, that me? was crushing to me though, man, because it was yeah. like, you don't want to go down that road. You, like, it's only by God's grace that I'm I'm where I am. Mm-hmm. That's and I, I thank Him every day because the, some of the guys I hung out with, I won't go there, but their their story didn't quite turn out the way it turned out for me. Mm-hmm. It's really just a miracle. It's God's grace, but you know, for the Christian kid, it's like oh, I got a boring testimony. No, you don't have a boring testimony. You, you're still, you, you have a testimony by the blood of Jesus, period. It doesn't make a difference, right? Because when we get to heaven, we're all going to be sharing our testimonies, always, always coming back to the blood of Christ. But wow. And my wife, my wife's, um, she was saved at a young age and she didn't have that junk. And you know how many times I look at her, I'm like, oh man, I wish I just would have had, had listened and followed after the Lord at a young age. And she might be like, well, I wish I had to, you know? Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, it's God's story in your life. And Well, I think the envy from people who have, and I'll just say this, and not in a derogatory way, but boring testimonies like right. mine. Like I, mine's boring right. To, right. by the standard of um, exciting BC days, you know? Because uh, I was raised in a great family and taught me purity in Christ at a young age. Yeah. But um, the, the, and the jealousy comes from the impact that the testimony has on people who are struggling. Like yeah. if, if say it's like somebody, if I'm on the streets and, um, that we do a homeless ministry on, on a once a month on Saturdays where we go to Atlantic city and someone comes up with a drug addiction. Yeah. Like there's five other people that have a more effective testimony mm. to reach that person than I do. True. Yeah. And so I'm like kind of jealous. I can share the gospel with them, but right. I'm like, you know, the, this other guy can walk along and say, what do you want right now? I, mm-hmm. you, I can see in your eyes, you're doing this drug. Can yeah. we talk? I've been there. Can we talk about this? And I'll share how Christ pulled me out of where you are right now. And I can show you my family that I have and how mm-hmm. God gave, restored me like Job. And like mm-hmm. this like beautiful testimony right. that's like so impactful. And I'm like, yeah, my dad was a youth leader, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, but I so, think it's because we look at it in certain, we, we compartmentalize certain things. So like, I know who you're thinking, like, 
like somebody like Zach who witnessed somebody with a heroin addiction, right? Or somebody mm-hmm. like somebody. There's different pockets for different people, but it's like. But I want some. I'm jealous of that pocket. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, like, but you're not. But you're not. But because you're not thinking of your own. Yeah. If somebody had just recently lost I'm not their saying dad. That's right, man. I've been laughing about I, this before. No, I'm saying if somebody just recently <laughs> lost their dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, man, I wish I could lose my dad so I could win if yeah. somebody lost my dad. You're like, you're just yeah. like weighing them. You know what I mean? No, it's I like, know, I know. Like, I'm yeah, just saying yeah. I'm jealous of of like people, of anybody who has a gift that's being used. And like anytime Zach's on there, like talk to somebody for, that's like really effective in their ministry, I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to be effective in like, and every, too, every you know? ministry. And every, every ministry. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Zach doesn't have a podcast. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's working on it. I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That was Pat, or Pat's working on it. Yeah, so I yeah I I understand, but I yeah you kind of understand though what I'm saying yeah, is no, like you know, you're yeah. jealous of people who are I'm jealous of really passionate charismatic preachers that can get up there and right. sweat their butt off and get people mm-hmm. yelling you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah w- one thing uh, that Jordan Peterson said I don't know if you've heard that oh, name yeah. before, um, I, I uh, he did a sabbatical when he was in. Um, in college, or I don't even know. He's been in college his whole life. But at one point, he was in college, and he was um, his one of his thesis uh, papers was to write about serial killers. And so he went to prisons, and he interviewed them for like months and months. And his conclusion, which he said it terrified, quote unquote, the hell out of him. That's what he said mm-hmm. when he came out of it. Was he's one big decision and three small decisions away from being a serial killer. And he's like, I saw myself in the most. De- objective depravity of man he could find. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was powerful from someone who wasn't at the time a believer in Christ. And I don't know if he is now. He's got to be, man. He's like, he's like, well, I can't figure he, it out, but he's, he's like right He's a walking book of Proverbs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, but every time he talks- But he's not, but he hasn't made it his own. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know. But every time he talks about the Bible, he cries. And like- Right. Yeah. And so like, I see all these YouTube clips, and he finally accepted Christ. And I watch it, I'm like, I didn't see a profession there. But yeah, I he, said so. he, he had to study it for three more years, studies it for three more years, and he comes back and he says, I have to believe it, but I am afraid. I'm, yeah, I'm afraid. You're f- it's more powerful than he can possibly imagine. And to, to believe it, he said, would, would he could cease to exist if Jesus is real because it's that but powerful. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the point. So yeah, I think right. he, gets, to exist. he yeah. gets it so well, he's scared of it. Yeah. Which is... Crazy. But anyway, the, just yeah. the, to hear him say, like, I talk to the most depraved human beings in the world, so far gone, their psyche, there are uh, so many multiple personality disorders and all this stuff. And he's like, and I saw myself in the darkest part of them. And that's where you get Paul's mm-hmm. like, I am the chief of sinners. Mm-hmm. Where you can you can look at people in prison and our, our brothers and sisters that are on the streets uh, of Atlantic City who are prostituting themselves and on heroin and see them and see yourself in the their lowest state. Um, because or, you're or, one decision yeah. or three small ones away from being in that same exact spot. Or, or at bare minimum, you know, at one point in their life, they were an innocent five-year-old just like you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where did it go wrong? Like something that could have went wrong, equally wrong to you, went wrong to them. It could, like you said, it could have been a couple of decisions. It could have been one big decision. It could have been, mm-hmm. and we're not dead yet, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you have to take heed. Like you well, said, like it, it could, like. Who you behold is who you become. Mm. So this, this was like big for me in the prisons was these guys were kept on. I would ask them, like, what, what can I tell my kids? Like my own personal, but my kids in school. Who you, and, and in a nutshell, they didn't say this, but who you behold is who you become. You're going to hang out with the wrong crowd. You're going to become like the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. And I, I challenge myself and the kids at school that if you're going to behold Jesus, you're going to become like Jesus. 
Man, you're going to behold the, the things of the world that are lying to you, pumping all this nonsense into your mind. You're going to become just like that. And then you're going to start to divert what the truth is. So I... I it's literally going back to the garden. Mm. Mm. Just yeah. Evil, yeah. I was just thinking what you we... Keep your eyes on things above. We, we've been going through Hebrews and the, what we just did in uh, chapter two, talking about setting everything around Christ, when mm. that becomes the center of everything. Taking earnest heed. Earnest heed, that's the word. I couldn't, couldn't remember it. And yeah, I don't know when, why that phrase sticks out to me so much. Yeah, it's just like that, when that becomes your life, then that's what you're becoming. Mm. Yeah, and, and thinking about if the kingdom of, uh, like the, the earthly kingdom, so like not God kingdom, the, the, the earth, really doesn't matter at all, like in the least bit, but the soul's in it and the kingdom of God. The kid who's in Christian school I mean, if you like to find a comparison, like um, like a Pharisee, someone who wears Christ on the outside, not on the inside, and the person dying of, you know, a heroin addiction on the street, they're in the same spot Hmm. in defiance of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so if we really, you know, separate the two kingdoms, the kingdom of earth, like anybody who is, there's two people in this world. There's those who are in Christ and those who aren't. Right. And those who aren't look all kinds of different people, and those who are look all kinds of different, you know? Mm-hmm. So if the, the only defining factor is whether or not they're in Christ or they're not, it really does help you formalize it. That could be anybody coming in on a Sunday. It could be anybody, you know, in other countries. It could be anybody in any really wealthy situation, anybody in the lowest. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like we often just put it in, like, your, your social class is where you minister, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think it goes to, like, like what? Nothing. Oh, start smiling. No, he realize no. he's only not. He's on the. <laughs> yeah, there's no, the increase no, yeah. and then there's no, um, yeah. Third option, Cole. <laughs> he's no, third it's, option. it's like the, the thief on the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Is in heaven. Mm-hmm. But then Judas, who couldn't get any closer mm-hmm. to Jesus, isn't. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just like you got to really. Judas is terrifying. Is yeah, he, I know. If, yeah. Mm. That's a, that's the a Matthew 7. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and he exactly, will be yeah. that day. And in, in his works did many wonderful, wonderful things, which mm-hmm. I think sometimes religion can get you there, you know, mm-hmm. to that point. You're doing many wonderful things in the name of Jesus. Well, you don't even know him. Right. Hmm. That is well, a scary thing. That's, that's a scary place to be. That, that Matthew 7 gets me every time I read it, you know, just to say, do you know what, you're uh, doing something. Do you yeah. know what verse it is? Matthew 7, the whole chapter, it talks about the fruit. Um, no, I don't know. 13-ish, somewhere in there? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will, see, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will clear, declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I think the scariest part about that is it's not even do we know him. You're talking about relationship. It's does he know us? Like, there's a different, it, it says, you know, it's like, I never knew you. Mm. So it's like, mm. are we approaching him boldly enough and, and, and going to him enough where he would know us? Mm. Like, and then he mentions lawlessness. Like, yeah. he, he's going back to, you know, Jesus came to show us grace, not living that law anymore, mm-hmm. right? So that, that kind of goes back to discipline, too. Like, in the legalism of Christianity, like, are we just so focused on rules or are we worried about the kid's soul? Mm-hmm. If I'm at school and they're all thinking about Mr. Boehner's the rule follower, he's going to be the, or are they like, man, he has Christ. I got to have some of that. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't want to lose our way. Mm-hmm. You know, what is our whole focus? It's for these kids to thrive for Christ. Anyway. I'm all over the place, but no, we all no, are. No, we That's how we roll. This is encountered. <laughs> You've been encountered. Yeah, for for discipline, I was thinking too, uh, in terms of how it branches out from when I was reading the different scriptures today, yesterday, that how it branches out into it's more societal problems and how we think about discipline. Like the thing that's really interesting is that in all of the aspects that we see. God extending mercy and extending grace to Israel, extending grace to Adam by creating another, by giving them animal skins, extending, you know, to the Israelites that with their, the, you know, the tabernacle and how they can offer sacrifices. There are plenty also, there are plenty of examples where God also didn't give grace and he gave consequences. Mm-hmm. And he alone reserves that right to decide when grace is dispensed and when it's not. And I think that is lost in authority figures today where, and I've seen it, mm. um, you know, in teachers and, and, and the way that certain systems are structured in schools today where, and even police officers, like when the, you demand grace from authorities when you do something wrong. Cause like when you're, say you're speeding, right? And you get pulled over. I'm not talking about like police brutality. I'm like the basic right. infractions. Uh, very rarely are people like speeding is fine. Everybody should be able to speed. They know that's an infraction, but they want to be let go because I'm, I'm a good uh, guy. Like or I'm, yeah, I have I have this place to be. It's like super important. Yeah, you know, like, I'm on my way to church, dude. Yeah, you know, and, and so you're, yeah, which happened to me. I got to take it on my way to church. Um, <laughs> For, from here to there, from Jamestown when I used to live. Oh, I was gonna there. say, I don't yeah. even know how you would have. I had to run that. home between services because Allison forgot something. Oh, and I uh, got to take it on the way back. Okay, so that's like one of my biggest fears. It's such a short drive, but I'm gonna bleak late one day speeding and then be even more late and like it's gonna be this huge thing regardless of whether or not i'm going to help a widow or whatever yeah. I, I broke a rule yeah, and right. that cop has the right mm-hmm. to offer grace and not and right. when the, when authorities today don't offer grace because we're so accustomed to it people lose their stinking minds you know yeah. and sometimes that discipline like we said is required and from the ground up it's like whenever we see anything and this is christians and non-believers alike like i feel like sitting under the trial and expecting grace are, are two things at odds and we don't see people sitting under like demanding grace. A, mm-hmm. a new law gets put out and everybody loses the protest for like nine months, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, that law isn't there. And like, you want to protest, that's fine. You know, you want to, that's your choice. But at a certain point, Joe Biden is going to be recognized as the president of the United States, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump was the president of the United States, whether you like it or not. Like you, you, you can't change those facts. Um, and, as much as you expect grace, your event, people do reserve the right, and you reserve the right. When a kid walks in, and you have you have the decision to make, which is a weighty decision, right? To decide what's best for them, to consequence or grace. Right. So, kind of what you're touching on is, I heard this quote. I'm going to butcher it, but but um, what you're kind of talking about is the different perspectives. It's the it's the righteousness, the judgment, and and grace. And you're, God is the only one who has the authority to distribute either one of them. Mm-hmm. But from the earthly perspective, our problem is like. You know, a lot of people's problems is how can God be this judge? Like, how can he? How can he be this evil judge? But from heaven's perspective, it's from the angels and all them. It's it's how can he be so gracious? Yeah. Why how is can he, he save putting them? up with them? Yeah. So the different perspectives. Of, yeah, why is he putting up with them? Why is he, so? It's they're they're thinking how can he save, and we're thinking how can he judge? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's both. All of it goes to him. So mm-hmm. all authority goes to. Yeah, and I think from the earthly one a lot more often than I do. Yeah. The heavenly one, because we t- we've talked about this many times, but it's it is. I'll take the beating for it, but I still don't like the prodigal son story. Like it, it bothers me. Um, Why is that? I know I'm the prodigal son spiritually. I know right. it's an analogy, but 
but it's annoying that the dude who didn't do a lot wrong gets less than the guy who did. So you were bothered just like the dude that didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I've recognized a place in the story, and I know my flaws. I'm right. okay with that. But I think that's because I'm thinking from the earthly perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm thinking of he followed God's commands better. Where's he deserves his blessing? More. Yeah, where's the blessing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I recognize that, but I still read it. I'm like, dang it, that dude, like... And that comes from the perspective of, like, I have all my all my battles my whole mm -hmm. life with, with sin have been internal. Most of them. Um, what I maybe what I eat, you know, whatever would be anger, lust. Like I, I haven't had like an external addiction of any kind that I, right. that I you know. Um, and it, that brings me back to another point that I've, I've made before. But again, I'm almost jealous of people that have external addictions because they're easier to be easier to be called out. Mm. You know, if I yeah. if I were if I were doing heroin, my wife and Joe and Cole and Charlie could hold me accountable and be like, bro, you need to stop that. We're dragging me into rehab. But if I'm struggling with anger on the inside. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And I can wrestle with that for 10 years longer than I could, you know, an addiction that's external. So, again, I'm almost, like, jealous of the people who have. But I, that also brings up another, a bigger picture where it's, like, sometimes if it's anger or something like that, we can recognize it in other people and we don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Because we, like, like right, I said, go back. see the anger. So, like I said, going back further, it's, like, it, we, we put different w sins on different, uh, on a scale. Mm -hmm. So, it's, like. Oh, it's like he's outwardly angry, but he's not a heroin addict, you know. So I'm not gonna. Yeah. So it's like he'll figure it out. He'll, as opposed to like we don't just address it as if it was heroin. Like, mm -hmm. listen, what you're doing is not of the kingdom, and like we gotta talk about it. Like, you know, well, you gotta see your internal just as effective as the external. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you can reach the internal sins. Well, I guess it's harder to. Well, you're saying you could see it, which I agree. Sometimes, 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 you can see it, yeah. Sometimes guys keep things to themselves yeah, real really part. well. Yeah. Um. But you can relate to anybody. Um, most likely we've all struggled with every, everybody struggle with something that we've struggled with, right? Somebody has. Mm -hmm. So yours is just nobody knows it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, people, people, people that I love were, and people I was able people, to yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. people would so know let's get it out. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have an anger management counseling session. <laughs> yeah, <right now>. yeah. <laughs> I've struggled with anger too, so I'm just going to get it out there. Yeah. So I guess I've I've yeah. had the internal and external. Mm. Mm. That's not a good place to be either. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've obviously had external flaws and all that stuff. Right. But I'm saying like you know, everybody has their besetting sin and their their main thing they struggle yeah. with, and mm -hmm. mine's never been external. It's it's my besetting sin at least. It's always been internal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thoughts and taking them captive and all that kind of stuff. So, um, when you have people that can like overcome that like one besetting sin that's external, it's and also the, the, I read this um, book on um, how to overcome your besetting sin. The heater just went off. Feels really quiet, doesn't it? All of a sudden, it does. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. I'll, I'll turn it back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my feet are sweating. Mainly cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, that there's a tendency for people when they finally overcome their besetting sin oh, yeah. to think that they're immortal. Yep. Oh. And I never realized that. And I have a couple friends um, that and um, that have, are in that place where like they struggled with like I mean just being honest like a like a sex addiction or like a um, some sort of drug addiction or something really serious. And they're like, praise God, I overcame it. And now they think they don't sin anymore. Yep. Because they overcame that thing that was holding them back for so long. And then they're just like, oh, I still have other sin that also disqualifies me from heaven mm -hmm. without the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know. 
Mm. Yeah, I remember the book, the Finally Free book. And I, yeah. I, when I read that, it, was, it hit me. I was like, oh, even if I do overcome this thing, I'm still a sinner in literally every, every other, other area. area. And I catch myself sometimes where I'm like, oh, yeah, I overcame this. And I'm like, I'm doing great. I'm doing like the, the finger guns. Like, yeah, everything is great. Everything is great. And then it's just like, oh, oh, there's, yeah, I'm still messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and even that, another um, uh, friend used to tell me, like, he chooses his vice. So, like, he knows he's going to sin, so he chooses the least destructive one he can find. <laughs> no. And I was like, that is the dumbest. <laughs> no. That's so bad. It's not a good idea. I think idea. I know about. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> Do you want to... Cool. No. I, no, okay. Yeah, it's no, cool. No, no, yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's, it's me, cool. guys. <laughs> yeah. He's into beating animals now. Um, Wait, what? Just kidding. I don't know. I was trying to use this something obscure. <laughs> he hates cats. He just... Well, that is true. Yeah, oh. true. Um, yeah, so discipline is... is I don't know. I'm... I'm I'm wrestling with all of the f- biblical and philosophical things, like in grad school, like I'm learning all these things about yeah. how, and it normally doesn't line up with the Bible's definition of discipline. Mm. Um, and so consequences are, they're doing so much to to steer clear of consequences at all at any point. And if consequences are delved out, it's because you failed to set them up in a way where consequences would be avoided. So it's not, you're not, getting things from a biblical worldview. Oh, no. Right. So it's, yeah. it's like, you know, even that, that's the danger of Christian kids. They start listening to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you said like, there's, there's Christians that go into a public school where they're like, they're thriving, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're taking a stand more so sometimes than the kids in a Christian school. Because they don't have a place to take a stand. But they do. But yeah, they're still in that bubble. I'm saying, like, as far yeah, as like, they're I, not they're not battling atheists or different worldviews right, or anything like right. that. Like, so that that's like one of my huge things to these kids is we got to get out there. Like, we're not to we're not to be like holding this gospel that set us free mm-hmm. to just keep in this little Christian school we got. We got to go get them. Yeah, like yeah. Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the crowd. Mm-hmm. That that's one of my verses, man. Like when Jesus looked at the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Where's our, where, what are we doing? So that's kind of, this is my first missions trip going into the prisons. It's like, wow, Lord, forgive me for taking so long. Mm. And I, I give the gospel that's kind of, you know, I, I want to do that more, but I want to get the guys, let's go. Let's do some stuff for Christ. Like, mm. let's get out of here, uh, of our bubble, our comfort zone, and tell the world about Jesus, the life-changing Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a certain intimidation that kids have with that, but it's something that you just you're not like anything. You're not going to get better at it unless you practice it. Yeah, we actually talked about that with our guys, the team. Um, we felt like we could go into these prisons and give the gospel so easy, like it was just easy, man. You just talked it, and maybe because that's why they they knew we were there for that reason. Okay. But if we go to somebody on the street, is it, why do we shut it off? Why do we shut that down? Maybe we're worried about what they're going to say. Maybe we just don't have time. Maybe we're not going to, you know, we have all different excuses, right? So was, that was an interesting question that we were asking amongst the team is, why can we just give the gospel, just throw out the gospel? This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we go back home, and how much have I given the gospel since I've been back home? It's right, like, right. Not as much as I was in the prison. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely hear that because I'm, I'm feeling very convicted right now. Um, little confession time. Like I had an opportunity this morning 
to share the gospel. And the only thought holding me back was, that's not what I'm here. Like, I'm here doing something for another reason. Like, I had, I had an appointment for something. And I was like, when you're at the prisons, it's like, the point, the reason I am here is to share the gospel. So but that has to be our, back. yeah, our, um, our setting our, our hearts and purposing that, no, the reason I was at that appointment that's right. was to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no. get up with that mindset yeah. that uh, whether I'm in a prison, knowing that's why I'm there, yep. or just in life that... Lord, you're gonna put open doors in front of me. I gotta jump through those open yep. doors. Yeah. yeah, it's just or at any given moment, no matter where you're at, that is why you're yeah. at where you're mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. One a couple of weeks ago at our uh, men's study, Pastor Vince uh, shared and taught on the road to Emmaus and in Luke 24, and there were a couple of points that really stood out to me when he was talking about the interaction Jesus had when he met the two men on the road, and like he he started walking. It's just a couple of things. Like he he saw them, and in verse 17, he, before. He starts telling them about himself being resurrected because they're reflecting on, you know, some of mm-hmm. him being dead. Um, he asked them, what are you discussing? And the same way he asked them, uh, Adam and Eve, like, Why are, where, where are you? Where are you hiding? What, what's going on? Like, he knew, mm-hmm. but he's asking. Um, and they start telling him about their, their mourning, the fact that he's, you know, the person that they thought was um, the Jesus of Nazareth is, is dead. And, um, and then he reveals himself after miles of walking and, and, and building that relationship, like you're saying, you would right. you would do with a kid. And I think um, we lose that a lot in that street evangelism, where we're just like kind of shouting it and then walking away. And we talked about this guy that, that in, when I did mission work in Mexico, like uh, over a decade ago, the, the, there was a guy named Baja Bob that went around and he just like went to these different, every, he said, he, I witnessed it, 3,000 people. He was like, prayed over them gave the gospel and then was like three more for Christ and walked away and like never heard them actually profess. They were right. speaking a different language. Like, um, so we could have a number to go home. It's very nice. That's a nice idea to go, to just say a bunch of words, but to like sit down and eat dinner with them, mm-hmm. you know, hang out with them, ask what's going on with them and pray for them and get to know them and meet them where they are. Like Jesus did when he went to give them his own news of resurrection, you know? So this, this reminds me of the gospel fluency book. Have you gone to the part where, have you finished it? One chapter left. Okay. Oh, so, so you've probably got it's to like the like the chosen. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Don't get me started. So, uh, so have you gotten to the part where it's the, the biggest part, and this brings back to the road to Emmaus, like the biggest, the most effective way to, to spread the gospel is to be a good listener. Yes, listen. That's the most effective way because you're really listening to what, where, where is the gospel absent in their life? Hmm. Like what is that, or where are they really speaking from? And then the more you listen, you can, that's when you can respond back with the, so, there you go. I haven't gotten to the, to that part in the book, but just in general, public speaking 101 is being, is listening. So we focus so much on sharing the gospel and like, oh, what do I need to say when it's, no, what do they need to tell me? And then fitting the gospel to that. Like yeah, you said, like where they're, where, where they need Jesus basically in their life. This is a quote from the book where he quoted someone else. Um, it's the gospel fluency by Vander Stelt. We're going to do a, Jeff, a, Jeff Vanderstelt, yeah. we're going to do a, probably a, an episode soon on, on oh, this yeah. book, mm-hmm. right? In the next yeah, few. Um, but Francis Schaefer said, if I only have one hour with someone, I will spend the first 55 minutes asking them questions to find out what is troubling their heart and mind. And then the last five, last five minutes, I will share something of truth. Mm-hmm. And then such a cool model, mm-hmm. you know. But that's what Jesus did on the road. Yeah. yeah. He walked seven miles with him before he finally told him, you know, opened up the scriptures and showed him everywhere where he was. Didn't he wait to like eat with them? To, to well, that's when he broke. The, that's when they. Yeah. That's when their eyes opened, because mm-hmm. he went through scripture and they still didn't see it, which is a huge part going back to the, going back to the conversation we had. Like, if you were to talk to Ben Shapiro, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like they had that veil, like they couldn't see it. 
They weren't expecting the suffering servant. They were expecting the conqueror. Mm. And it wasn't until he broke the bread where their eyes opened. Mm. And then they, they saw that he had to be broken. He had to... And if he baha bobbed them, right? And he <laughs> oh, saw he them. He would have been like, two more. And then they would have, <laughs> we would have never, had, we never known about those people. Yeah. But in, in, and not in baha bobbed's offense, but I was like thinking through after we talked about that last week. Like, did we slander him? Because if I'm thinking Jesus did speak to multitudes, but they did go to hear him. Like whenever they Jesus to spoke to yeah, Moses, yeah, they yeah. came to him to hear him, right. and he had to speak in a certain position. Like, um, what was the where, where was he when Jesus spoke? Where he spoke to like, I guess it was with the in loaves. The boat. We had to get in the boat. He had to get in the mm-hmm. boat because mm-hmm. that, and they, they've like tested yeah. different areas where that could have been, mm-hmm. and the acoustics would, would carry in certain parts where, or even, you, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I'm saying even on the mountain, like he went on the mountain just because it, his voice would carry yeah. further. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then all those people when they came, they were they were seeking him. Yeah. He didn't go. Mm-hmm. You know, to a group of people that were already sitting around a mountain and in a lake, and then you start teaching them, and right, be like three thousand. Right. You know, write it down. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he, he, laid, actually he laid the groundwork yeah. right. first. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it was quite the opposite. Actually, he would flee places, and they would follow. Oh, yeah. Completely. Mm. Yeah, that's the problem with um, with us when we speak. We have to flee because there's so many. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The roads you made was is a is a cool story, and I never really harped in on it. I was like, okay, cool. He talked to those two people, but like yeah. to see his approach. Mm-hmm. It's pretty powerful, you know. And I think another part of the book to talk about, like the, the realness of what Jesus was saying. So, like, like you said, like he would say things, and he, he'd be moved with compassion. And sometimes what he was saying is they would immediately want to make him king. That he had to flee because they immediately wanted to make him a king. And that's when he had to get like real, because like he's, I think he's seeing that like they're not really getting it. And then he would make it real hard, mm-hmm. you know, and like real, like you know, like like the one where you know, unless you love me more than your father, your son, your unless you're <laughs> uh, all the, fourteen, yeah, yeah. And, and he had to make it real difficult. And that's when people started flaking. You know, and that's yeah. when he had to ask his disciples, like, what do you believe? And they're like, where else would we go? You know, like, mm. um, yeah, it's a good so point. he knows, he knows who's believing for what false motives or whatever, or what they think they know. Mm. And then he keeps getting mm. deeper and darker. Yeah. People don't care what you know if they don't know that you care. Right. Right. And, and I think that applies for discipline yeah. and the gospel mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's from a. The good thing about me is I don't pretend yeah. to know anything, so. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, I, like, really, like, I'm like, guys, I, I want to know the Bible more. I want to, mm-hmm. but really, I'm learning it with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. Good. I mean, that's like, amen. I, I just don't have that theological. I wish I did. You know, there's, there's men in our lives who are like, man, these guys feel like they know every answer. They know the words so much, and I could, I could just read, like, I could just read a story. And completely forget about it like a week later. Like, and then I was like, man, what was that story about? Hezekiah. Yeah, I, I, I just read about Hezekiah. Oh, the comprehension. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with this, that's why we have this podcast because, like, what we started this um, after having, like, I, I like listening to podcasts. I just like, yeah, my, I, when I drive, I haven't listened to music when I drive in a long time. Oh, me time. neither. Really? Yeah. Um, like, yeah. since 2015, I haven't listened to music when I drive. Wow. Other than like one song once in a while, mm-hmm. and and so, and then we would, uh, like uh, us three would argue about things like and 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 not in a you know detrimental right. way, but just like biblical things and talk about stories. And it was like, and then it kind of branched out into our Bible study, which now now when we do our our young adult Bible study, it, mm-hmm. it became fruitful there. And we're like, man, what are these conversations that we have with people that show that. Like, all right, so here's a, here's the problem. Like, if, if we have these conversations, right, and we refine each other, like, we have all these cool conversations about discipline, and then I go and talk to so-and-so tomorrow at a Bible study, and I have all these really cool conclusions that I've come to through these conversations, it's going to make me seem really smart. And also, yeah. But the, they don't see the process of right, this right, idiot right. 
bouncing into these other idiots. Right. And so, like, this is documenting a bunch. I'm sorry to be like yeah, crass, no, but like a bunch no, of idiots talking idiots. about something yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and refining. I, I didn't need you to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I didn't ask you if it was okay to call you that. But I'm saying, you know, we're refining each other to the point where we can get to that. And if you can document it, that's an authentic process to, to yeah. be wrong and, and argue about things and, and get there. Um, nobody just gets everything right away. Mm-hmm. You know, like that guy that you think knows the answer to everything. I want to see his conversations because he's talking right. to someone else that's refining them. Right. Yeah, he might have just heard that answer the day before. You know. Yeah, that's right. He definitely played regurgitated. Definitely played yeah. like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As Pastor you always that encounter podcast episode. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as Pastor always says that there's uh, it's not plagiarism, it's research. Yes, yeah. right. Right. Um, all right. Question for you. All right. These are these are these are the questions from your disciplinarians. Okay. All right. Oh, oh no. Oh god. You ready? Oh no. So this is the hot seat. I know. You, I. Uh, I saw you getting too comfortable. Like you look like you were enjoying yeah, yourself. Yeah, I need so. I fire, fire away. <laughs> All right. No, I, they're not that bad. Um, yeah. Okay, this one. Why do you not like white belts and brown shoes or vice versa? I actually love white belts and brown shoes. <laughs> okay, then brown shoes, white but shoes, I and hate brown. brown. Belt and white shoes. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, my I don't brain care. just melted. I don't care at all. I don't care at all about either one. <laughs> you know how many times I'm like walking, I'm walking through the hallway and I never ever notice, and maybe I should because I'm in, you know, I'm the one in charge, quote unquote, of the discipline, and I'll get a write up and and it'd be like white shoes, and I'll call the kid and I'm like, you got white shoes on. I never would see that. Mm. So I don't care. So if they're looking, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. So wait, I need a background. Is, so there is a that rule? dress code? Yeah, yeah I was just the dress like... code. The dress code rule is no white shoes. And here, here's the one that gets them. Because, because I know who asked that, that question. I know, I know who asked that question. <laughs> 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 they can't have red in their shoes either, which is pilgrim colors. That's always a common question. Why can't we have any red in our shoes? But what they don't get is. I grew up in the same school mm. with, like, you had to wear a brown dress, black dress, and I think that was it. Wait, you I'm wore dresses? Dress, dress shoes. Oh, okay. I'm talking about shoes, not kilts. I never wore dress. Not kilts. Yeah. I'm not, I never wore dress. Actually, brown dresses aren't very flattering about that. No. <laughs> in prison. No. So, then, so then when I, when I, when I kind of jumped into this whole thing, I'm like, can we not wear, like, more comfortable shoes? Okay. So, you know, ultimately, I don't make all the decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if all the kids understand it. I don't make any of the rules. So passing the buck, I, I like it. Yeah, I'm passing a buck yeah, on yeah, our yeah. board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, wait, okay, so what what is the reason for the red in the shoes and the white? No red in the shoes. Yeah, f- for no, no red. Um, I don't make the re. I don't have the. Re- <laughs> the reason is because it's the rule. Gotcha. Okay, so it's, it's crazy like, discipline. It's like, yeah, it's like um, they just arbitrary. It's arbitrary. They just picked red, and you yeah, can't do it. So can I wear a beard if I'm a man? Can I have a beard? I can because I'm a teacher, but a kid can't. So that you're you're always have like, you know, you have. I guess as you know, and again, I'm not the one that makes the rules, but in respecting the ones that do, there's got to be. It be it almost be like the speed limit. Okay, you're going 45. Well, why can't it be 50? Mm. I think about that daily. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just want the autobahn. Correct. So I could just fly. Yeah. Right. Mm. But then as I passed two accidents on the way here, I really like, that's why. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I even even in what, my what, sorry, not to interrupt, I just want to yeah, I what, what I really yeah. don't get is like speed limit, 
in a school yeah. zone is like 25. As if if I was going 25 and I hit a kid, that wouldn't kill him. It should be 10. Yeah. They, if, gonna, speed if it's bumps. the right intentions, it should be with, yeah, 10. With many speed bumps. Right. Yeah. Right. 25 is still going to take it. It'll take a whole family out. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. That, that's a good point. Right? Like, yeah. more people is going to slow it down. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. This is what goes on in my brain. <laughs> okay, so continue. Good. So, no, I, I guess I have no idea why the rules are like certain, like dress code. Dress code is like the least. Imp- if I could just get rid of the dress code, to be honest. Sounds like you're tired of talking about it. No, man. I wouldn't. My job would be so much easier if I'm not worried about a guy's hair length or a color of a shoe or mm-hmm. a belt color. Or what percent, what percentage of your discipline is, is, is around this? Well, that's hard to say. Today it was like 50%. Okay. But that's not the norm, though. Okay. And is that, like you said, is that because of the laxing rules? Like, was there used to be like a uniform and you just wore that? Yeah, there's a, there's a lax in rules. Because if we stayed with the brown shoe, not dresses, but brown and black shoes, and it was dress code, period, yeah. we wouldn't open up. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I, I understand that aspect of it. Like, where do we end? Like, here, here's a funny example. Like, guys have to wear a tie. It used to be a solid color tie or a specific tie to chapel. We only have chapel. We used to wear ch- a ties every single day. Now it's only one time a week at chapel. So, so we changed the rule and you guys can wear whatever color tie, whatever kind of tie you want. No big deal. So this kid brings in a tie and it was like the most ridiculous looking tie. He may as well plugged it into like, you know, a glow in the dark type thing and just lighten up. Yeah. Right? Like, like you look ridiculous, dude. Take the tie off. You know, that's not in Leviticus, but that's a sin. It's you know? definitely a sin. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. It was in Leviticus, I yeah. think. Yeah. No fluorescent okay, so glow in so the So you're dark saying ties. that it's like either one way or the other. When you have these lax, like if it was really strict, they wouldn't be breaking them as much. And if it was real, if there was know, no man. rule, if there was no rule, there wouldn't be any rule to break. So th- when they dance in the middle, it's like that's when. It's yeah, hard. like where, well, where do you stop? The, where do you stop it with dress code? Because eventually, if you if you say, well, is that why don't we just expand a little more? Then you won't have a dress code. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to run out of a dress code. The slippery slope kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not sin. Like, I look at slippery yeah. slope like sin. Okay. And and I'll, I think dress code's good. But if, you know, if we got rid of the dress code, I'd still work at my school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but they have to set it somewhere. Yeah, well, I'm saying the, the, at a certain point, so dress code. I have code- no idea why, why we can't have white shoes. But because that question was asked, I think we might have white shoes next year. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But, but, any, but any of your students are listening, don't get too excited. Because you know what white shoes are. They're of the devil. Yeah. Uh, so you got to be careful with those white shoes. Uh-huh. you got to keep them clean. <laughs> but yeah. I will say, the slippery yeah. slope that I meant is eventually dress code is yeah. a sin. If you are causing other people to stumble, which is what it comes down to yeah, in, in the high school level. Like, eventually, yeah. if you slip all the way down to, like, hey, wear what you want, it's like, okay, you know, now put some clothes on. Like your, your dress code eventually is like, yo, wear clothes. You, you know, know what? Instead, you know what? You just brought up a good point. I think instead of having white shoes, we're going back to black and brown dress shoes only. Okay, wouldn't that be better? Because then we can't get to that slippery slope. Hey, I think that's better, Pilgrim. It's better, better, Pilgrim. We're going back to dress clogs. only. Clogs and, and, and ties and button downs every day. Cl- All right, no, no clogs. <laughs> it's like a Swedish doll. You hear him before you see him coming. Yeah. You know, I don't know what a clog is, but it's like, yeah, a, wooden it's like, it's like a wooden Dutch shoe. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like going out like um, 
the Amish country. We're clogging. Next clogging. clogging. All <laughs> right, next one. What are your um, What's your main inspiration for your dance moves? Uh, people have been to weddings. I see. I have. Yes, I have. You I have. have. I have. That's how I know you. Yeah. Three weddings. I've seen, I've seen you dance in three weddings. No, yeah. three. Tell me the what? Can you? Tell I can me? remember uh, two. I think uh, Matt and Maris. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Victoria and Scott. You, you saw the wind up toy. Mm-hmm. With- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you have names for these? I got that on video. I can pull that up right now. Wait, yeah. you have names for your moves? Well, that, I made that move up. I made okay. it too. I'm, <laughs> so, yes. Scott and Victoria oh, Parisi. Up, oh, yeah, that was a good one. And then the, this one is the most memorable because I was like, who is that? Um, it was at Vincent Megan Lombardo's. Oh, yeah. Because I was you were the only there, one. Though, wasn't I? Huh? Wasn't I, I was reserved. reserved at that one, I think. I, I think so, but oh, no, it was wait, you and at, you at, and John uh, Whitmer were the oh, only that, ones dancing. That, well, no, I wasn't too reserved at that one. It was, was at John at the Haley's house. Yeah, at the Haley's house. That was a great. There was one. like a twenty John by twenty Whitmer foot. Was incredible. I know he's 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 wild, and he's I also just, like nineteen feet tall, so he's hard to miss yeah, when he's out there. You know, he's good. I just he's you, my inspiration. Is he? It's not Kevin Bacon from Footloose or something. I just saw you get crowd surfed at Mike and Sarah's. Did you? Oh, you were at Mike and Sarah. Yeah. What a great! That was a great <laughs> dance wedding right there. That was a fun wedding. They How many weddings fun. do you go to in a year? I try to go to like ten. Do you oh my really? Gosh, no. ten? Jeez. <laughs> well, with all your students getting married, eventually. I don't care I'm about sure. the wedding, but I just got to go to reception. Yeah. So the dances are. You just the you're just a man that needs to dance. We celebrate. Yeah. Once yeah. I hear the beat, it's, it's like it's game over. Yeah. It's just like the version <laughs> of Christian clubbing. It's like going to weddings. <laughs> oh yeah, man! But at Vince's, I just remember it was like everybody was leaving, and the music's playing, and there's a little dance floor, and I look over, and there's just one man. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is eating. Oh, that was incredible. He yeah, said, I once I stop. hear the beat, it's over. Yeah, yeah. Once I start, it's done. I'm done. I'm done. But I, awesome. I retired, though. You retired? I retired. From, yeah, I think I retired. From I, dancing I or the Dina? shoes. No, not Dina men. Not yet. Uh, dancing. I think I retired. Hung up the white shoes, but the brown ones. Hung up ones. the white shoes. Brown the brown ones. ones may come out. Okay. We'll see what happens Wait, in the yeah, next did way. something happen? Or like... It's just I'm getting old, man. Pulled something during the wind up. That's happened to me the way before. I was at another wedding. My wife just bought me this brand new shirt. Okay. okay? Well, I don't have many dress clothes, and for good reason, you'll see. The 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 beat started taking over. You decided to rip, I just pulled, rip it. I ripped yeah, it right down. <laughs> Boom. Buttons all over. <laughs> I, I mean, there's no stopping me, man. Yes. No, My wife's like, what? The most just... memorable dance move I remember was when you pulled your arm out of the sleeve. Oh, that's that's. And you were doing too. something with that the sleeve. Oh, I, I forget what it was. Do you want me to show you now? <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, can, uh, the viewers... can I video this one? I don't know. I'll take, I'll take a picture. <laughs> I mean, we all do this when we're kids. Is this the heart in the... Uh... Yeah, 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 the yeah heart. okay. Yep. <laughs> the heart. <laughs> that's nice. This is it, man. When the, when the music's going... <laughs> you, hit it, you hit the beat with the... Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> like, I, you know what I hate? I hate slow dancing because it's... I, I have to be told... How to dance? Mm-hmm. Okay, like hey, my you wife. Do you and you can't. You gotta be. You, you, you gotta be. You can't cage a beast. You can't. You can try. You can try. You can't. You know, like the line dancing and all that. Like the things that tell you which way to go. Yeah. Captain I no, no, I can't. I can't do that. The irony. You can't listen to this. You can't listen to instructions. <laughs> yeah. <you're not> <laughs> give me my white shoes. <laughs> so I wouldn't be a good student. So the question That's on everybody's awesome. uh, hearts we know, and minds. Right leave. <laughs> so the question on everybody's hearts and minds right now is: that, Do you have a replacement? Do you have somebody that you've been training up that you like can Apparently pass John the contact? Yeah. That's a great question. That's a good. Yeah. Yeah. You have any disciples? Nick Menno. My, you know what? There's. He's a good one. <laughs> 
me. That was so serious. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me. Like, he's limber. Yeah, he's. he's, he's oh man. And I'm over here thinking like your son, maybe so or something. The, the, but the now. best dancers are the ones that aren't really that good, in my opinion. They're just crazy. Yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta go. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not good at dancing, but I'm good at dancing. No, see, that's why I told people. Once you know that everybody. It doesn't really know how to dance, and they're just going for it. Then you become good at dancing. You know, like, you, who would you rather watch? The guy that like actually has dance moves that spent money to learn, or a guy that puts his hands, you know, the, the, the old or like the dean did. of men. That's what <laughs> the, out there on the with a chalice. I'm getting a chalice next wedding. There you yes. go. And just sitting with my goblet watching hey. people because I'm retired. So you control the beat. You don't let the beat control you. <laughs> <laughs> So if we can ever convince you to come back and do another right. episode, you gotta cut. We'll have a chalice for you. you know what? Yeah, if we could do like video, so we—I don't know how that would work with a with we'll a make podcast, it happen. but we could. That's that'd be incredible. That'd yeah, be incredible. You, you know, be surpri- surprising is actually the the Persios are dancers. Oh, uh, I went oh, yeah? to his sister's <laughs> wedding. She was on the podcast a few months ago for for Israel talking about Israel, and um, the Persios are a wild bunch. No you see, and that's where that, that's the only dance moves I've seen because that same in Brady's wedding I saw you dancing I was like he's got better Brady's dance moves than that I did. That was the wind up yeah. toy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh wait yes. Wait yeah. Yep. That was I, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Paul Menno on that. Mm. You know Paul Menno? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Paul Menno actually did the winding Okay. and then he just let he just me let go. You go. That was it. He slapped the back of my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also, I got Paul, that one on video. I'll show you when we're done. It's incredible. I have a lawn that needs a sprinkler system, Paul. So if you're listening, I could use a donation. <laughs> um, uh, quick shout out. Yeah, so um, yeah, the Perseus, though, uh, sober wedding, dance like they weren't. You know what I mean? Oh, like that's what I'm time. saying. My coming out party was actually my sister's wedding. <laughs> All right, you, you, know, you take that for what you want. Uh, but yeah, I'm talking about dancing. Yeah, 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 okay? I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah. Just, yeah, my sister's qualify. wedding was where I reali- realized I had a gift. Okay. Oh, <laughs> It was the gift of teaching. Yeah, yeah. The gift of yeah. the prophecy, the yeah. gift of Footloose. Yeah, yeah, that's the right. <laughs> Nobody puts the baby in a corner. <laughs> no. oh, but anyway, awesome. it, it, it was not a sober wedding. And I was the only, well, one of the only sober ones. Mm-hmm. But no, and they all, want, they all wanted what I had. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. And I told them that's the Holy right. Spirit, yeah. baby. That's what I do at Eagles games, too. Like, what's he have? I got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, actually, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> Only yeah, Cowboys fans are like, no. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll pass. That's why I'm cursing on third and long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but you mentioned Perseus being dancers. That's where I came out. My sister's wedding. I was like, you know what? Let's just give it a try. I'll dance. I'll oh, try. really? Because you look yeah. like a pro at that point. No, I, just, I was just copying and then just started going. I, I eventually, after copying some people, you start, yeah. start feeling it. Yeah. I yeah. have never once let loose. No? Oh, that's, man. That's oh, man. That's When's the next wedding? When's the next wedding you'll go to? When's it going to be prime time, for real? I don't know, yeah. man. I think it's too late. No, it's not too I think late. I missed it. No, no, no. 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 It's I like the Dean of Men. You can always. <laughs> I'm the dancing closet. <laughs> I can let loose. <laughs> Bro, I got to get white dance shoes. I got to figure uh, out. Blue suede shoes. Dance shoes. White shoes are great for are, dancing. Are there any more not questions for, on Not thing? for school. I have one more, and okay. it's just a silly one to wrap up. So do you have something else you want to say first? Oh, no. I didn't know if you, from, from kids. Oh, no. That was it for That was it for kids. Oh, the kids um, ask that question, huh? All right. Makes, yeah, makes yeah. sense. All right. So since you've coached multiple sports, um, and we can all kind of answer this. I can't name. Okay. Uh, let's just say basketball. You had to pick four other people from the Bible to be on your basketball team. Who would they be? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Goliath. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Hold on. 
four. Oh, so you're, I'm on the, we're on the team too. Yeah, yeah. So four. So four. That's, That's why right. I said four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I, Bible basketball. Get, can I go with my? Can I start? Yeah, yeah good. Please. You, you. I gotta go, Dennis Rodman. No, no, no. no, no, no. People from the Bible, Bible. characters. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was, I was going to say, because he's, he's the most transformable, man. Like, like if yeah, you get him on Jesus' side, that's oh, true, right? Meant, no, no, so we got Okay, I, I got it. It's like Peter and Paul. I mixed those two up. I, I, I got excited when I thought about Dennis Rodman. I was like, man, what Bible chapter is that? Is that in the Maccabees? I don't know. All right, so why don't I not start first? And you guys explain to me that really one eighty. Okay, so I know very little about basketball. So definitely my center is Goliath, and then past that I'm I'm still thinking. I was thinking like Christians in the Bible. Oh shoot, yeah, maybe. So you chose the center. Yeah, I chose the Philistine. Powerful wait, like wait, Samson. Okay, no, so I, that, do they have to be believed? Like, no, no, Samson. No, 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 just Samson. Anybody? I go Samson. Yeah, Samson was my yeah, first thought. Power forward. Um, I think. E, um, sorry, again. Is this? Does it have to be co-ed? No, no, no. Okay, then I'm not gonna. Go no, I'm not. I already gave one, but I, I got a great one. I mean, I yeah. think I would have went Goliath for and, center. And you can't say Jesus. So okay, I figured. Um, yeah. What do you got? I'm going with jail. What? She's the one that drove the pe- the tent peg through the. Dude's head. Yes. Wow. If she's that tough, put her on my basketball team. Well, okay. I was thinking men only, but I'm not, you know, look, give me that woman and we'll win some games. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. So we just staking people down. Yeah. So I, I'm done. <laughs> I, I, got people's faces. I got two. I'm okay. out. I, I got Samson and I'll say Adam. He's supposed to be the ideal human. So he'd be my point yeah. guard. Okay. All right, Joe. Yeah, until like one obstacle came in the way and then he'd fail. Yeah. <laughs> Literally one obstacle. Who starts trying to bite the basketball? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, man. Uh, Do we each name four? Yeah, 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 yeah. we each name four. I got another one. So I said Goliath for my center. He said Goliath for my center. So I got two. I got to go with – I could be wrong. You might have to help me out. But was Ezekiel the one – and this is is like it goes along with discipline where he was like – he called on the two she-bears – you know, I know what you're talking about, but so, I don't know. So they called him. They mocked him because there was like 42 kids, and they mocked him because he was bald-headed. So I tell my kids, you think, I, you think I'm tough and disciplined? Look at Ezekiel, if that's who it is. He is called he, uh, two she-bears. Elijah? Elijah. Elisha? Elisha. Elisha. That's all right. Go, it's uh, Second Kings. Elisha yeah. says, I'm Kills calling 42 two she-bears. 42. Yeah. I think it was two, 42. It doesn't say kids. Oh, maybe. But I either way, 42, he calls two she-bears and rips yeah. them in half. That's – so I got – So he's got, got to summon his inner bear. With. Elisha's out there summoning his inner bear. Yeah, I'm also going to go with David. Ooh. He's obviously got a good aim. Mm-hmm. He killed He, he killed be, a lion and a bear. He'd be good man. at um, – A wide goliath. With a uh, shooting guard. With it. Huh? Shooting guard? Shooting guard. Shooting yeah, yeah. yeah. He's money at the free throw. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm going Moses because he can go right down the middle, part the Red Seas, and Noah so he can float the team. Now we're thinking the allegorical. Okay. <sighs> allegorical, nice. I, I don't know nothing else. I'm going old, old Testament. It's got to be a New yeah, Testament. New Testament, if you're going like strong wills, and go Paul. Mm. Zacchaeus. Now, Paul, small I think Paul, nimble. I think like old and like feeble from like being beat. Because we saw that movie, man. He was young at no, one but point. It, yeah, but he wasn't Think like at BC that point. Paul. BC Paul. Take him. He's no, no, oh yeah. BC Paul. My whole team would be uh, evil guys then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goliath. Yeah. Goliath and Paul when he was trying to kill everybody. Like BC <laughs> villain movie. You're making. Yeah. Uh, Justice League with the Bible. New Testament. I don't know. Um, Peter. I mean, was like, John? I'm was so logical. Like, I'm trying to think of like who would have a good follow through. Was like, John I'm, the only one that survived as a disciple? John, like without being 
He's eventually boiled alive. Killed? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's he right. Was eventually yeah. I'm not too good with that, but as you know. Peter, John, Paul. He was exiled to Patmos. So he lasted the longest. Of he lasted the longest. longest. Yes, yeah, yes. I'll, I'll go John then. New Endurance. Testament. Endurance. Okay. Stamina. Yeah. I'll go John. Um, John the Bastard should be naked out there. <laughs> be distracted. He'd be the streaker <laughs> running through the game. <laughs> yeah, John the Baptist would be incredible. That's a good one, too. He'd be the guy, like, giving the alley-oop, like, prepare either way. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh. Uh, well, that's a good reference. I got nothing else. I got four. Did anyone? I'm on. I'm. 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 Did you get four? I think I got four. I, did you? What do you got? I feel Cole? like I got four. I don't know. No, I'm just gonna stay with the bad guy theme because I'm already on it. Yeah. Do you want Nebuchadnezzar? Did you go Kane? I was going Kane. That's yeah, where I was go going. Kane. Yeah. Because he can slay. He's strong. Yeah. Well, you may as well throw Don, Dennis. But he's Rodman a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We already mentioned Rodman. Throw Rodman yeah. in there. He's um, a vegan though. He probably won't be that. He doesn't have a lot of. Str- whoa. Muscle. What are you saying about vegans? Jeez. They don't have protein. Weak, not according to weak-minded people. Not according to mm. Daniel. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, Misha, I got a minute ago. It was a joke. Oh, okay. Um, Took a little too personal, Everybody here. Take, everybody here. How about Esau? Though, so. Esau. Esau would be a good one. That's a good Ooh, one. Yeah. 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 Mainly, man. Jacob. Jacob wrestled God. Esau's too mm. hairy, though. Yeah. Sweat and hair. Yeah, is yeah like, that's a bad combo. Yeah. Sweat and hair. Sweat and hair. Yikes. Probably Leah. Actually, you know what? I'm going. My, I'm changing my whole entire team <laughs> with the lazy eye. <laughs> I got it right here. In one, in one, don't my whole who? <laughs> the weak-eyed Leah. I want her. My whole Sorry. team would be <clears throat> Daniel Shadrack, Meshach, and Abednego. Ah, that's a great. They have camaraderie. Answer. They have chemistry. Yeah. Already. So you switch from they the have, bad guys to literally like the four. Okay, yep. and they've been through the fire examples. together. Yeah, you know. Yep. Builds a good team. Good team. Refuse yeah. to give in when the pressure's on. Yeah. That's right. Nice. Mm, so much to say about that. Do you take the fourth in the fire that? Who like in the no, we can't. no, we can't. We can't take Oh, Jesus. yeah, that's right. If well, I said no Jesus, but the angels. He could have been an angel. Could have been. We're, we're unsure. So. Really, yeah. really, the... the, the okay, if you go, like, if you go on the, the other side, the dark side, the the Naphtalim or whatever they were. Oh, the Nephilim? Mm. Nephilim. Yeah, 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 they yeah. would be, like, forget it, game. That would, yeah. be like, that would be like Space Jam, the monsters. Yeah. Like the... You got half the goon squad. human angels, yeah. like... You ain't losing a game. I thought we, I didn't know if we were allowed to pick them, though. It's a terrible movie, but did you ever see the movie Noah, where they play I, on that a lot with I've Russell Crowe? Yeah. The, don't I mean it's, it's a bad movie because it's not even it's not a good movie in general, but it's also not like they stay so far accurate. away from the biblical yeah. narrative. Um, but they, Other they than they're basically the like the idea is um, the the tribe of Cain is trying to stop Noah from getting on the ark and surviving. And so he basically enlists the Nephilim to defend him. They're these big rock gods. Yeah, yeah. And they, like, defend the, the boat as it's leaving. Um, anyway, it was a— uh, Yeah, you're not losing games with them. I yeah, mean, especially in that movie. Not in that movie. So I, know, <laughs> so I know I would never do this normally, but since you're the athletic director, Sixers no. are winning 115 to 90 right now. That's exciting. Yeah, with four minutes. One fifteen to 90, yeah. If, if four minutes we, left. It can go. Yeah, if we put money on the table, which we didn't, I was going we against wouldn't. the Sixers. Yeah. I was going against so the Sixers. Also, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm just yeah. a pessimist though. So yeah, I see. Well, we've seen Philly sports long That's enough. Right, yeah. That's probably what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're it's they're gonna win this ball. game then. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it would be con- shocking yeah. if they yeah. lost it with four minutes yeah, left. Go sports ball. Yeah. Go sports ball. Yeah. I tell you what. Thanks for that update. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I keep trying to get like this. Uh, Hamilton to play pilgrim in soccer. I'd like that to happen. We I could do that. Why can't we do that? You're talking to the Dean of Men. We could, yeah, we could do that. We could schedule that right now. 
Well, I went when I went and the the vibe that I got from um, one of the kids that plays for the team was just like, oh, you're like a big. It's a big public school. Like I don't what think we have a shot. Three slash four. Like we're so about you, we're ten kids away from 3. a four. 5? Yeah, we we would have had a we had a good team this year. Yeah. Do, do you play? Do you play like Pleasantville? No. No, you don't play like uh, who else? You wouldn't play. We play like Shallot. You, you don't play anyone school. that like towards the coast, right? You're Ocean the way, City, right? Atlantic City. We just went back to the Cape Atlantic, so we're we're there. Okay. We were oh. in the Tri County. So what we you do going. with Ocean City? How we do? Yeah. We always it's one to one in our in our division. They're they're very good. They never have a down year. We, we could problem. play your JV team. Okay. And do it as a <laughs> yeah. scrimmage. Seriously, we no. could scrimmage your JV. Okay. I, I went when I went to see the team though. I was like, these guys are, could hold their own against our team. You know, like I, yeah, we had a good year. We mm-hmm. had a pretty solid. I mean, that's you know, good is relative, but I mean, it's not a shot against them. I mean, we were choosing fourteen hundred kids, right? You exactly. Know? So yeah. it's, it's like you know, sure. something to put together. A, you know, and even on like we have this this coming year is going to be, in my opinion, if everybody's healthy, our best year in the program yet. But then after that, we've got some rebuilding. Do yeah. we have like thirteen seniors and eleven of them start? So it's, this next year is going to be good. But we'll after have that, a good team this year. But I don't know what Hamilton's like. I saw Hamilton play once hmm. when Zach Gurrier played there. Oh yeah, yeah. I was yeah. the coach. I was one of the coaches. That uh, oh, you were? Yeah, I love Zach. He's a good kid. Yeah, good kid, man. Yeah. All right. So um, do you want to pray us out, Joe? Okay, Wrap it up. Sure. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this conversation and this the ability to. Uh, have friends and guests on here, Lord. I pray for uh, Boehner as he continues in his ministry, Lord, that uh, it would just be uh, out of the overflow of his heart, Lord, that he would just lead these kids, Lord, and just continue to be transparent and vulnerable and, and just be able to balance uh, grace and truth, Lord. So I, can, I pray that you continue to fill him with your spirit, Lord, and just um, keep refining him and keep sanctifying him to be uh, more conformed to your image. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, man, for coming on awesome. the counter. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We sincerely thank you for listening to this week's episode of Encounter. On this podcast, our goal is to encounter Christ, culture, and each other. And specifically in the each other part, in our real conversations that sometimes span two to three hours, you may hear an opinion that you disagree with. First, please know that scripture is our ultimate authority and that the word of God is the ultimate test of objective truth. Second, know that we are all part of the body of Christ and we are constantly learning and growing as well and would love to hear from you if you think differently on a topic. You can do so by DMing us on Instagram. If you have been blessed by this podcast at all, please subscribe, like, and share it.